Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. We are back, MFers. How the heck are you? The Monty Show live. Hi, Jake. Did Hello. you did you miss doing the show yesterday? Yeah, especially after everyone's like, "Hey, you guys got a show today?" Hey, where are you guys oh, at? You guys got a show today? Uh, we yeah, were on the golf course. Today. Sorry, boys. Uh, you know, twenty-seven holes of terrible golf leads to a great show today. Presented as always by the Advocates, theAdvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Again, you guys, and I just can't say this enough. If you're somebody that is a bicycle enthusiast, a motorcycle enthusiast, we've already had. Many, many accidents uh, involving uh, motorcycles and bicycles and scooters. Please put a helmet on. The advocates remind you to please partake in your your best life and do it safely. And if you get in an accident, please do not trust your insurance company. You can trust the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online for free. What do you have to lose? It costs you nothing because there are never retainers. There are never consultation fees. No, chat with an attorney live online today at theadvocates.com. Well, while we were away yesterday, apparently all hell broke loose in the TV industry. Uh, our, Our fine friends at Script Sports just keep doing the job. They sign a deal with the... Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights to distribute Golden Knights hockey across four states, including Utah and Nevada. Uh, A big, big win for, I think, both Scripps and for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, as we've talked a lot about on the show. We are big believers that local distribution is the future of sports television. Uh, We have talked about that on a regular basis on this show. Brian Lawler, the president at Scripps Sports, who is currently traveling, is going to be kind enough to join us here in about 12 minutes uh, to talk about local television, to talk about really script sports changing the game in local TV. Not only do they have the deal with the Golden Knights, but now they've got a deal as well with the WNBA, as we talked about on this show. So Brian Lawler is uh, probably the guy to have on the show uh, to talk about all things in television. He'll join us here in just a bit. Thanks. Um, but we want to update you on this story yesterday that absolutely exploded uh, while we were uh, out playing terrible golf. What is going on with the Pac-12 and ESPN? And it seems like yesterday was another one of those days where news broke, apparently, that really we've known on this show. And if you've watched this show for the last year, you know we've Really been fortunate enough to have developed relationships throughout the Pac-12, throughout the TV industry. We've been ahead of the curve on this. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, broke a story that said ESPN is out on the Pac-12. Well, that's not really what the situation is. And I don't think that's exactly what Dennis Dodd was saying. Dennis Dodd's story said that ESPN is out as a bidder for Tier 1 rights in the Pac-12. Now, we told you going back to December that that was exactly the situation with ESPN. I have talked to ESPN and people at ESPN uh, in the last 48 hours, and it has been told pretty bluntly, I will point out, that nothing really has changed between the Pac-12 and ESPN. I think ESPN would like one game for TV and one game for ESPN Plus, as it was explained to me. 
They are willing to pay $90 million a year uh, in total to the Pac-12 to get that deal done. And football is what is going to make this deal happen. ESPN has a massive amount of college basketball. Um, They are not as interested in college basketball nearly as they are interested in Pac-12 football. They are willing to pay $90 million a year, and that is it. That has been the sticking point. The other issue is, is that, as it was explained to me, is that the Pac-12 really would like to do a deal with Apple TV. But Apple really does not want to do a deal with the Pac-12 that involves anybody else. That's a huge problem. I was also told today by sources close to the situation that Amazon is in fact out. They have not spoken to uh, the Pac-12 in several months. Amazon is really, from what we understand, focused on other initiatives, including the NBA, which is up for uh, big coming up in the coming months, which as well as we told you on this show, ESPN is looking to put billions of dollars into their NBA deal which, again, if you don't know, NBA TV rights are coming up for renegotiation. NBC Sports, Turner, ESPN, and Amazon are thought to be all significant bidders uh, for the NBA. The NBA has made it pretty clear that they are going to do a deal with ESPN. We have heard a number that it's about $4 billion a year that ESPN is going to bid on NBA rights. So they just don't have a need for a ton of Pac-12 athletics. I think the story here is, and what's getting lost in all of this, is that ESPN is not out. They simply are not going to bid for Tier 1 rights. So Fox Sports is out on Tier 1. ESPN is out on Tier 1. And Jake, what it feels like to me is there's not a whole lot of other places for the Pac-12 to go to get their Tier 1 games broadcast. Yeah, not not really. And I think that that's kind of the struggle. Is like Everyone yesterday was like, oh, well, ESPN's out, so where's the Pac-12 going to go? And I think... That's kind of been the the overreaching conversation, at least on on our show, is like, hey, what's like, what's the best case scenario here? And that's why I think when you look at what Script Sports is doing and and what uh, some of these TV deals going down look like, um, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, why would why would ESPN pay any more than they need to to the Pac-12 when the Pac-12's product isn't super super desirable? on a national level, right? Cuz cuz we all know obviously ESPN is a national brand, right? Like that's just that's just how it's set up. So if you're the Pac-12, I still maintain it doesn't make a lot of sense to go with ESPN given the certain uh position your conference is in. You need to make money, like a lot of money. And the way you do that is you put your programming, your programming into a position where it can be viewed by as many people as possible in your market somebody in boston doesn't care about washington state somebody in chicago somebody in florida anybody you know east of the rockies as they say doesn't care nearly as much about pac-12 uh athletics and obviously pac-12 football so to me it was no surprise when this whole ESPN thing went right. down yesterday. Right, right. And I look at, you know, a guy like Brian Lawler coming on the show to talk about this. Like, I look forward to his insight because I really do believe, and again, we've talked about this a ton on the show. It is it, The time is now for doing TV deals and distribution deals that get into your local market based on your geography. So that's why San Diego State going into the Pac-12 makes a lot more sense than you know some of these other schools that are in that conversation it would make a lot more sense 
to get, you know, uh, you know, the biggest air conditioning company in your city to advertise on on your local town's Pac-12 game rather than some huge national juggernaut. That just makes sense. So yeah. when the conference yeah. is in a place where it's not making any money, it's kind of in question if you're going to survive or not. I feel like, hey, reel this thing back in. Go, go, go a little bit smaller and hit the street, as they say, because that's how you're going to bring in revenue. Well, and I, I think that the, what gets lost in all of these conversations a lot of times is, well, this is a no brainer. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do this? Or because it's hard right now to get deals done. And I think you look at ESPN situation specifically, and you see a company that is reshaping itself on the fly. Like you, you, Look at where Disney is on the whole. And you look at the role that ESPN plays in that company. And I think Bob Iger, the, the CEO at Disney, has made this very clear for a long time. ESPN's not just cutting huge checks for the sake of spending more than everybody else or having more than everybody else. Those days are over with because Disney on the whole is struggling to reorganize itself. ESPN, which is a profitable business unit for, for Disney, has to play a big part in that. And I think when you look at the, the, the other part of this equation, you look at these big multi-billion dollar deals in college sports, and I'm, I'm telling you, I hear it every day. Those deals are never happening. Those deals are done in a lot of people's minds. The deal that the Big Ten got, people feel like that deal's never going to happen again at, at the college level. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the NFL, and, and I really think it's only two sports. I look at the NFL and I look at the NBA. I think those are the only billion-dollar sports rights. I don't even look at Major League Baseball now with the way that regional sports networks have collapsed under the, the weight of debt. I don't see a way for Major League Baseball to get billions of dollars. This situation in Phoenix, uh, where Phoenix went to a company called Gray TV to distribute the Suns and the Mercury games throughout the state of Arizona. And why did they do that? Because their deal with Bally Sports is falling apart because Bally Sports' parent company is in bankruptcy because they can't afford to carry all the debt that they've been carrying. And I think that the structure of TV deals is unknown. That's why like these script sports deals we've talked about, it's, it's critically important that if you're George Klyavkov, you are talking to guys like Brian Lawler that if you are George Klyavkov, you are talking to the CW. And I will tell you again, we had it first and exclusively on this show. Um, I believe it was March 11th with yeah. NBC Universal. We reported on this show March 11th that NBC Universal and the Pac-12 were talking. That deal still Fast. long, far and away makes the most sense to me because Comcast is under, under the NBC Universal umbrella. You know that the Pac-12 and Comcast have... 50, what is it, $50 million in, in business to decide how that money is going to get paid back. I think from that angle, it makes a lot of sense. I think the multi-platforms that NBC Universal offers, whether that is NBC Network, whether that is the Peacock, whether that is USA Network, which we specifically talked about on this show, that USA Network is going to be the primary uh, carriage spot for Pac-12 sports if that deal gets done. This makes a lot of sense. USA Network has a history of doing sports. NBC Universal has the wherewithal to produce those events 
and they already have unfinished business financially between the Pac-12 and NBC Universal with Comcast that has to get figured out. That's a deal that makes sense on both sides. But again, I will say the same thing that I've been saying for months on end. George Glyovkov has to get outside of his own box. He's got to think creatively. He's got to be aggressive with the CWs. He's got to be aggressive with these opportunities locally. And maybe it's, it's, it's handing that back to the universities. I don't, know, I don't know when it happens, but I've heard repeatedly from television sources that grant of rights on the conference level is in jeopardy. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense financially in the TV industry, the way that the economics of television have changed. And I think what you're going to see is the, the Utahs, the Arizona States, the Colorados, the, you look at what Dion's doing at Colorado. He's changed the game in the, the way that the content is distributed. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's get Brian Lawler, the president of Script Sports, on the show. Um, Brian, you are traveling. It is amazing that you are making time for us. Um, I know you take that as a compliment, but I'm four hours delayed, so it's not that amazing. I could have done this all day. So, <laughs> so you look like you're Good in a very, you very hip place. Tell us where you're at. Where are you? Yeah, this is the Cincinnati airport. I found some open gate where it's quieter. So, um, yeah, not that hip. Ah, oh, four hours is a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that, but but you're here. I, I and I guess the word is you're here to celebrate. Like I don't know how you are doing what you are doing, but you came on this show several months ago and talked about that you had you had ideas and you had concepts. And I know you just did a deal with the Golden Knights, but I want to talk about this yeah. WNBA deal yeah. because I think that's the deal that changed the game completely. Talk me through. The, the mechanics of that, and why does a deal with the WNBA make sense for Scripps Sports? Well, look, you know, when we chatted a couple of months ago, you know, we kind of shared with you that we had spent the last, really, year looking at the sports space. Obviously, you know, we're a big broadcaster. We own uh, eight different networks, ION being the largest of which, and then, you know, um, 61 different local TV stations. But, you know, we kept reading the, you know, the tea leaves of sports. I mean, you know, it's the biggest driver of television viewing. So, you know, I mean, more and more we see that, that it's hard to move the needle with programming, not a lot of dramas, comedies, you know, really sort of latch on, but sports, anytime there's live sports and good live sports, audience explodes, a lot of advertisers want to support live sports. And so, um, you know, we kept seeing that. And then we also saw just the changes in the ecosystem and, you know, forget about the fact that, you know, Bally's, in financial trouble and and AT&T you know obviously followed suit in in you know trying to get out of the business but the reality was that business model was totally broken and and every time we would talk to a team or talk to a league they just kept saying their biggest problem is reach that you know 20 years ago when they were doing deals with regional sports networks they reached 80% of the households in their markets but as people have cut the cord or people never even signed on you know for a cable or satellite system the number keeps dropping dramatically and so like you know meeting with the golden knights you know a couple of months ago and getting that deal done they reached 35% of all the households in Las Vegas and of course they have they have the geographic rights to get into other markets so and, and you know, like uh, in Salt Lake City is a market where they have the rights to distribute. They're in 9% of the households. So, you know, how are you going to 
be successful as a sports franchise if even in your home market you're only reaching one in three households there's a lot of people who just never you know click and channel stumble onto your games and therefore never become fans so um you know that just told us the time was right and you know once we sort of went public and said hey you know we see what's happening and and we can be a solution um I'm five months into this thing. I've yet to make a phone call. Our phones have been ringing off the hook. We now have, you know, two deals announced. And you asked about the WNBA. Look, you know, we believe strongly in, in um, the future of women's sports. In fact, when we started modeling out whether we were, you know, stand up a division uh, uh, inside the company and go after sports, one of the things that we modeled out was women's sports. And, and you know, a lot of the other sports have uh, – big loyal followings, but they didn't have a lot of growth to them. You know, you probably, you know, may be able to maintain or grow one or two or 3% a year. But we looked at a couple of the women's sports franchises and we said, this has some significant upward mobility and we'd rather be part of building something and growing it. And so right from the beginning, a conversation with the WNBA was one of our priorities. And, and fortunately, even though they have some deals, like, you know, regional sports deals, and then they've got deals with ESPN um, and uh, a, little, a couple others, um, you know, there was an opportunity to put together a package. And so uh, for the next three years until their, uh, all their rights come together at once. So anyway, we started talking to them and, and you know, they clearly had interest in ION. Um, you know, they've got to deal with ION, uh, with ESPN and some other places. But again, it's that same limited distribution of cable and satellite or in some cases even less than that and so the idea of getting onto a national broadcast network that's on cable it's on satellite we're on all the you know virtual cable systems like youtube tv and others we're actually on on the fast services like um 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 uh, uh, roku and, and and platforms like that and then we're over the air the reality is we can reach almost every u.s household and so you know to give them that kind of reach at a time when their you know, their um, their leagues gaining traction and, and popularity, and then they've never had a franchise before where people would actually know where to find them. You know, ESPN, it's nice they have a package with them, but it's Wednesday at nine, it's Tuesday at midnight, it's you know Saturday at, at noon. Um, the ability for us to develop for them a franchise night, Friday nights, every Friday, fifteen straight weeks. You know, a single game many weeks or a double game, um, you know, East Coast, West Coast, and the commitment that we will broadcast every game. So we'll, like, you know, like the NFL does on a Sunday afternoon, there's a national game, but also can locally insert regional games. We're doing exactly the same thing. And so I think they're thrilled. This is a great, you know, distribution platform for them. Terrific visibility. Look, it's our first sports franchise on ION, so we're going to go all in. We're going to promote the heck out of this thing. We're going to make this thing, you know, really their defining night. Um, and the fact that, you know, people will be able to stumble onto it um, and the fact that they'll know where to find it every Friday on the same channel. Um, I think they're really pleased and, and we're ecstatic about it. So how do you do? You, how do you produce those games? Like I'm really interested in. I in you know I don't want to step on your toes, and if you can't answer, hey, no. great. But do you guys produce those games? Like what is the actual mechanics of putting like specifically in the WNBA? Like what are the mechanics of putting those games on on television for you guys? Yeah, you know, 
this deal because of just the timing of everything and when we were able to get to it i think we you know when we finally announced the deal which was two weeks ago yesterday we only had five weeks till opening tip so you know we're not going to be able to stand up you know production in five weeks that you know again we have every game on friday night so there's 12 teams in the league and there's a couple of weeks where every team's playing on a friday night so for us to stand up six different crews to be in all the different places so um you know, right now that the WNBA is going to continue the production. So they have teams, you know, home and away teams that do all their production. And so at least for the first season, our plan is to use the NBA produced games. I've got a terrific production company in Rush Media who does, you know, 11 of their 12 teams. And um, we know those guys well. Um, they do an excellent job. Um, we'll, we'll add a little bit of uh, our own touch to it in terms of looking all, but you know, with five weeks, why start messing with something? We'd yeah. rather just really focus on the distribution, the revenue and, and doing it right. And that for the customers and advertisers we bring in really serving them rather than spending all of our time trying to stand up production. So, you know, it's a multi-year deal. We'll be able to worry about, you know, how we want to advance that moving forward. But um, right now, you know, Rather than wait a season, let's use what exists, let's, and it's really good anyway, and then let's get it out there and start to you know, showcase these great athletes. You know, you talk, Brian, about reach, and I think that word is underutilized because we hear about these deals, especially in college, right, with the, this Pac-12 situation, and you, everybody wants that Big Ten deal, the $100 million a year. And when you look at the economics of, of doing a deal on a network basis versus a localized, you know, like the Golden Knights deal, you know, because for us, like, look, I'm based in Utah. Like, that's a huge deal for us. It's a, yeah. This is an untapped hockey town, frankly, in Salt Lake City. I'm in an arena that hosts the only professional hockey team in this town right now, right? So the question that I ask is, what are the economics of reach? Because obviously for the Knights, it works quite well. So when you look at the money and you look at the reach, how does Script Sports win in a deal that seems like, hey, that's a no-brainer for, for the Golden Knights? Why is it a no-brainer for Script Sports? You know, we're really changing the whole discussion on the economics. Um, you know, look, the, the old model's broken. The, you know, the teams were getting paid a lot of money. And yet they weren't, you know, they were down to reaching a third of their audience. Um, so they like the money, but at the end of the day, they're not building fans. And, you know, we've been engaged in a, a bunch of conversations so far with the teams and everybody from the beginning understands that, you know, comes to us and says, we've a reach. And we just say, look, you know, we're not interested in coming in and just paying for your rights. And we're not going to pay you what you used to be paid. That, look, your old provider is either out of business, bankrupt, or we're not going to pay you you know, what they were paying you. So that doesn't work. Um, so let's talk about, are you interested in a partnership? Look, we will write you a right, you know, we will pay a fee to be your partner. It's not going to be what you used to get. But think of, and let's model out the value of going from reaching a third of your audience to 100% of your potential audience. So number one, you know, can we double or triple the ratings of the games? What does that mean? We can bring in a lot more advertising revenue, higher sponsorships, so sponsorships are worth more. So there's a, you know, enhanced revenue stream there. If you're reaching 100% of your audience, now ticket sales, right? You can drive more ticket sales. You can sell a lot more merchandise. In states with sports betting, now more people are more engaged, so they're betting on your team more and and teams get some cut of the action on that. And so there's all new revenue streams. We can partner and create a direct-to-consumer platform. 
that might have second audio streams or guest, you know, think of like the Manning cast and stuff like that. Um, but also you own all that data. So you get all the data about your fan and the ability to own your fan. And so our conversation is, hey, look, we're not going to pay what the last guy did because that doesn't work anymore. But if you can, you know, increase your advertising revenue through more eyeballs, if you can put more butts in the seats in the arena, if you can sell more merchandise, if you can get more sports betting, you know, what does that add up? Does that get you whole? Does that make you more on direct to consumer? What other revenue stream can be created there? And you get all that data that you own your fan. What can you do with that? So I think, you know, look, the Golden Knights totally got that. And by the way, you know, they were comfortable from the beginning in the very first meeting. So we know what we're not, we know we're not going to get what we were getting. But reaching 100% of our fans on free over the air is more important to us than, you know, a couple of million dollars. And they remained consistent through that, through all of our conversations. Their goal was always, let's put this product in front of everybody. And by the way, not just, you know, inside of um, Vegas. They want to get, you know, the product out to Montana, to Wyoming, to where you guys are. And um, look, and even when we started talking to them about direct-to-consumer, there probably was a business model to build something that could, you know, create a couple million dollars. We're going to create a direct to consumer, but they said, Hey, whatever we put in over the air, which is free and over the air, it's going to breathe free on our direct to consumer. We want everyone to be able to see our games, no charge. I've never seen a team so committed to just being there for their fans. It was incredible. And, uh, but you can see we're thinking about, the economics totally different as a partnership and let's go all in those things and let's share in the upside. You know, there doesn't have to be a winner or a loser. The problem yeah. right now is there is a winner and a loser teams won with the rights they were getting, but you know, it broke the model of the RSNs and now nobody's winning. And, and the reason I bring that up, Brian, is because the, the, I, I talk about new revenue streams all the time. And I think when, when you're, when you're having conversations about, like you talk about in-game parlays and the explosion of that metric in, in yeah. gambling and, and wagering. Like I think those creativity, uh, creative models, I feel like that should be a core part of your business. That can be something in my mind that no matter what level you're at with, with the proliferation of, of, of and I, I don't want to say cord cutting because I know that a lot of people are finding, for instance, ESPN in many different places, right? But for you guys, when you look at your 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 value to somebody like a local franchise, a, a Las Vegas Golden Knights, when you talk about direct to consumer, can you does Script Sports Ion does Script Sports Ion offer like a stream? Am I going to be able to watch Golden Knights WNBA? Am I going to be able to watch that on my phone? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, that's our plan. You know, certainly with. Um, the Golden Knights, we announced that we'll be working together on a direct-to-consumer. And again, for what you see on broadcast, we'll put the same thing on direct-to-consumer and there'll be no charge. And so, you know, look, they're, as I said, they're all about just putting their product in front of the fans. And when you think about, um, you know, in Las Vegas, you know, it's uh, three hours uh, different from the East Coast. Well, when the, when the Golden Knights are out playing, you know, the Islanders or the Capitals or somebody on the East Coast, if it's a seven o'clock East Coast game, it's a, a four or a five o'clock game in Vegas. Well, you know, people got to take their kids to soccer practice, right? And now you got parents who are sitting in their car, sitting on the sideline of watching soccer practice that are missing, you know, their game. We will be offering an app 
that you know will co-own or and co-develop with the the Golden Knights, where people can sit on the sideline while their kids practice in soccer, and they can catch the first two periods of the game, and then they get in and walk in the house, and they immediately put it on the TV, and you've completed you've created this complete fan engagement where they're all in, and you're making it easy for them, and they don't have to pay extra, they don't need a subscription, they don't need you know a, a cable services, and so I think you're going to find really deep fan engagement as this transition happens because right now the rsns they don't allow uh, uh, the teams to be able to offer that uh, they're trying to control that so i think again there's a shift that's beginning um and we're really excited to be part of it i mean in the last two weeks there's been three new distribution deals announced us and ion uh, us and wmba on ion free over the air us and the golden knights uh free over the air and Gray and, and the Phoenix Suns, free over the air. Um, this is the beginning of, of, of a movement that's going to change sports. Let's talk about admin inventory real quick, too. And I, yeah. I don't want to get too much into the business because it's probably minutia for a lot of people. But my mind immediately goes to how do you guys divide that ad inventory? Does that belong to the team? Do you guys get a piece of that? How does, how does ad sales in this local model work for you guys? Yeah, look, as I'm learning, every deal is different. And so um, as each deal gets announced, the economics look different. The business relationship looks different. In some cases, you know, the RSN was selling all the inventory in the games. In some cases, the teams actually owned and controlled all the inventory in the games. And in some cases, it's a hybrid. So, you know, I can tell you for the Golden Knights, we will have all of the inventory in the games. And, um, you know, so uh, we'll be, you know, selling all the commercial time, selling all the advertising, the sponsorships, some of the virtual stuff you see, you know, on, on the ice and on the glass. Um, we'll have the right to uh, sell all of that. So, and quite frankly, in our business model, that's how we have to pay for it. You know, we don't get the, the distribution uh, revenue um, uh, from, you know, the cable and satellite systems that was reliant. And that was the business model, uh, this arbitrage model that sort of ran the RSN business, um, you know, uh, and that's broken. So for us, it's really about having the ad inventory to be able to sell. And that's how that justifies us you know paying a rights fee that's awesome so um you know the other thing that comes to mind is here also in salt lake city the utah jazz are looking for a tv partner how invested in in nba are you guys is it simply a matter of are you going to play in the professional sports pond uh because i've asked you previously about the pac-12 um, you know, are you guys open to all sports? Like, what is the what is the the ideal partner for you guys at Script Sports? Yeah, look, I think when we started, and the last time you and I chatted, I said we're just going to start with professional sports. At this point, we want to lay in a couple of foundational partners from the beginning to see what you know what the mindset is to understand each of the leagues and teams and see how they're thinking about business and could in fact this new business model of partnership and sharing in the upside actually work well it's working and so we've got a real nice deal now with the WNBA and of course that's run by the NBA so we've gotten to know those folks really well um, we've got a great partnership now with the uh, Golden Knights and I got to tell you we love their ownership and leadership just first class really excellent people but we got to know the you know folks at the nhl office and obviously the commissioner had to sign off on this deal and this is a 
a totally different deal, you know, the first broadcast over the air deal. And so, you know, I think that the NHL had to look at things a little bit differently and make sure they were comfortable with the direction. And at the end, they said, where else can we do this? They really like the idea of putting the product in front of all their fans. So, um, you know, we are definitely interested in, in we're looking at all the sports. I mean, the NFL sort of off the table, right? They got an 11 year deal that's just starting. So there's not going to be rights up anytime soon. But, you know, um, soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey, um, we're talking with all of them. And our first goal is, um, you know, trying to lay in some of these professional rights. We definitely would look at uh, college. Um, we have a lot of interest in, in um, especially women's sports in college. I think there's, again, a big upside. It deserves to be um, uh, exposed. Um, you know, women's gymnastics is terrific. Women's volleyball is terrific. Softball, heck, women's softball World Series on ESPN rated higher than the men's baseball college World Series. So there's a lot of interest yeah. in that. And, and, you know, so we'll find that balance. But I think, we, you know, we're two deals announced here, and I think we got a couple more to go in the next three or four months that we'll announce. And then I think we'll look at, okay, now that we know who we are, and especially like ION, we'll know what maybe, you know, one or two assets we have there, what shoulder programming, what other stuff complements, where do we want to go? But I would say, you know, we're definitely going to keep looking at the professional space. There'll be some college space, and then there's a lot of other stuff out there. Some of it's interesting, some of it's goofy. Um, but then also, you know, the stuff that we get into, we want to tell stories. And so we're going to create a lot of programming around, um, you know, who are the athletes and, and what are they about? And, and um, you know, how, how do we make them more light, you know, uh, well-known and, and make the sports about a lifestyle versus just what happens whistle to whistle. Have you spoken to the Utah Jazz about their TV deal? Uh, I have no comment. <laughs> my guy i love it and hey anything anything you want to add on the pac-12 because we've heard we've heard so much <laughs> have you guys spoken to the pac-12 at all anytime recently we haven't you have not well hey what you have done is spectacular and and i appreciate that you you're always so willing to come on uh even when you're sitting at the airport you know like about to in moments hop on your flight in four you guys hours. kept me from grabbing a beer two hours ago. So now that I'm done with this, <laughs> I can't wait to get a cold beer while I sit here another hour. So Yeah, and, and by the way, bummer on the New York Rangers, right? As a, as a hockey well, guy, I know you're fan. a Ranger fan. No, I'm an Islander fan. I was so happy. Oh, you're an Islander the fan. The Rangers. Yeah, I mean, you know, my Islanders lost. That makes it sad. But when the Rangers lose, the world gets better. So... <laughs> That's great. Brian, always good to see you. Congratulations, man. I'm really happy for you guys. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. There's Brian Lawler, the president of Scripps Sports. Just a, I think, a really good conversation. I told you last time we talked about Scripps, those guys are... Those guys are doing it right. And I think if you're just tuning in, again, I, we've been talking about this because... I think like in our local market here in Salt Lake City, for those of you that, that are not here, I don't know how Ryan Smith and Script Sports have not had a conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, certainly they must have. We have asked the Jazz for comment. They have not replied to that. Um, but I mean, I, I look at this deal with the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm telling you, that's the future of television. Mm -hmm. For it's in, in local markets, and I don't know what you obviously. I'm not trying to talk for you, Jake, but yeah. I think that the 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 idea that Script Sports is going to sell, and maybe that's the news 
the the nugget there. Scripps Sports is going to sell all the inventory for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So the Golden Knights are are creating new revenue sources. They're going to be distributed in four states, including Nevada and Utah. Like they're growing new fans. Mm -hmm. And as hot as that property is, the idea that the Las Vegas Golden Knights are not going to be exposed to the state of Utah and the hockey. And this is, whether you believe it or not, Utah is a hockey town. This is a hockey state. I feel like that there is no way that that's not a win. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, when you look at what he was talking about with the consumer's experience, I think that's what excites me most about what Brian had to say there. Like, you think about, you know, the conversation we've had before and, and seemingly every time we talk about the streaming setup versus linear, like, everyone always says, hey, like, it's difficult to, like, if you take the Jazz, for example, hey, it's difficult to find the Jazz if you're not a DirecTV customer. That's and right. I think... I think when you hear Brian talk about, you know, the consumer experience of, hey, like, you know, if you're in Vegas and it's an East Coast game and you got to handle the kids and then you get home and like, I, I think they've taken into account real life circumstances. And I think that's what you have to do nowadays to really capture fans. I mean, the concept of getting, you know, getting maybe 30% of your fans versus potentially 100% of your fans because of the power of the cell phone, I think is what we as sports fans have been trumpeting for years now. I mean, how many times have you have you as a consumer felt like, oh man, like this is on or that's on and, and, and I'm not home because I'm doing X, Y, or Z. Maybe I'm on vacation, let's say, or whatever. I don't have the ability to flip on a TV right now. Can I get it on my phone? And now that they are developing an app to do that, I, I just think it's 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 ideal for for making money. It's ideal for growing your fan base, but ultimately at the core of it, it's ideal for growing the Golden Knights brand. And that's what I think we can't forget. Like, you know, whether we're talking Pac-12 or NHL hockey or whatever the sport is. Again, these these hockey clubs, they might play hockey, but they're sales companies, dude. The 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 organization only stays afloat by selling and advertising and doing deals. Like, yeah, sure, there's built-in money because these guys are billionaires, but you get my point. To be profitable and to be run the correct way, you gotta make money. And and that's not unique to the NHL. So to me, if you can make the consumer's experience easy. That's you're oh, just yeah. paving the way, bro. You you are paving the way for big viewership number or or at least bigger than what it was, which ultimately leads to what? More advertisers in the local community spending their hard-earned dollar on your product, and that's what you need. Such as in like Bucked Up Energy, you know, a local Fast. business that Fast. supports Fast. the program. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy drink of the Monty show and you guys. Again, you know, we were off yesterday cuz the building was absolutely uh, packed, so we went and played some golf, and what did we take along with us? Bucked up buck shots. Uh, I got to tell you, my favorite flavor is the watermelon. Uh, Jake, you had the, what you have, the Raz yesterday? Uh, blood Raz, Blood yeah. Raz Bomb. yesterday. It was really Bomb. good. And you know what the cool thing about the buck shots are is that you feel an instant lift, and it's there's no crash. It's really good. It's all day, high-powered, clean energy, to get you through your afternoons, to get you through your tough mornings. Hook it up in the description below on this uh, YouTube show or if you're listening on our podcast, bless you on Spotify. Um, go ahead and click the link into the description. It says free buckshot samples. You get six of them. You're looking at it right there. You can pick any flavors you want. I love the watermelon, you guys. 
Huge fan. Hook it up. They'll send them right to your house for free. Bucked up the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Get the free uh, samples in the description below. Let's get your uh, let's get your thoughts on on this interview um, and what you guys think about this because obviously the the bigger story here is the Pac-12 is not going to get a, a mega deal here. I don't I don't think there's any doubt. I talked to one of my sources at ESPN this morning who said nothing's changed. We are not buying tier one rights. <coughs> Our number for for the Pac-12 <coughs> is ninety million dollars a year. Period. Five-year deal, as we told you first on this show. Yeah. They're talking about a five-year deal. And Amazon is out. We were told directly today that Amazon is no longer um, you know, competing for Pac-12 rights at this point, which I think is a huge, huge upgrade um, or update. Well, you take a day off and you come back rusty. Hey, man, it is what it is, bro. Amazon is out. I think that's a huge update on this story. Yeah. I think this is really coming down to NBC Universal and Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a guy about NBC Universal, um, our original source on that, and he was telling me that there is a framework of a deal in place with the Pac 12 and, and NBC Universal. The issue becomes where does that number one game of the week go? Because NBC already has Big Ten after dark. Because remember, that deal doesn't start this year. This year, Pac-12 sports, this coming football season in the fall, Pac-12 football is going to be on Fox and, and ESPN. So you don't have a need this year. Yeah. But what happens in two years is you're going to have USC and Ohio State in the late window. Yes. So where does NBC put that? Because ultimately in, in the, the Pac-12, I think we've established this for a very long time. The chancellors and presidents in this league are not going to accept a, a, a full streaming deal and they don't want their best marquee game on stream only. So the question is, if you're NBC Universal, is that number one game going on USA Network? I would think that it would. And the question is, if you're not going to get $400 million a year, because the number I've heard about NBC Universal is $200 million a year on an all-in package. Right. Basketball, football, and streaming. Right. $200 million. That's $20 million a year. I'll go back to what we've heard uh, from our sources in the Pac-12 who said, to lock this league up and keep all 10 teams in place, it's got to be $25 million. Well, that's not, that's not going to get a deal done. Mm-hmm. Can you get 10 chancellors and presidents to sign a grant of rights at $20 million a year. Obviously not. I think that's going to be a real challenge. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think that's going to be tough. And, and I think what's really interesting is like when you talk to guys like Brian Lawler, you start to understand that guys who are in the industry really understand all the details and understand, you know, what the consumer wants. And, and the more and more we have these conversations on the show and the more and more that I hear guys like Brian talk about their business, I start to understand and it becomes very clear, even more clear than it's been that I don't feel like George Klyavkov understands the consumer. I don't feel like George totally. understands like what the consumers had to go through, being that the Pac-12 you know, TV deal or, or Pac-12 network is only on Dish Network. It's not on DirecTV. You're like, you know, the fact that there's not a great way to find it through an app, like, you know, all this stuff that, that you, that it just doesn't seem like you quite understand. Because if you did understand that, we wouldn't be sitting here. And I think that 
that that's the that's the challenging part and really it's the part that concerns me because if the Pac-12 doesn't understand that or maybe doesn't have as strong a grip on it as they need to what kind of deal are you going to put together and that's why it brings me right back to the point you just made how in the hell are you going to get these these people the 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 10 schools to agree to a grant of rights in this setup it just doesn't I just don't see how you get there but right I, now. But I look at the Golden Knights deal with with Script Sports. They're not just in Nevada or Las Vegas. Again, you're Idaho, Montana, Utah, and Nevada. Yeah. That's four states. If I'm Utah, the University of Utah, and I can broadcast my games in Nevada, Montana, Idaho, Utah, obviously, Colorado, if I can get the mountain region and I can get it localized and I can enter a sales arrangement, are you really telling me you don't believe that you can surpass $25 million a year on that? That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. If I'm the Utah Jazz, who, and again, for those of you outside the state of Utah, the Utah Jazz currently do not have a TV deal. And they're not a Bally client. They're an AT&T Sportsnet client who's going out of business being shut down altogether. So they're a free agent. And what has Ryan Smith said? We are going to prioritize streaming. We are going to prioritize free availability. Boy, that sounds like script sports. And again, we just asked Brian Lawler and he said, I have no comment. Have you spoken to the Utah Jazz? I have no comment on that. Have you spoken to the Pac-12? No, we have not. So I'm telling you, the game has changed. Yes. And I look at where the Pac-12 is at, and, and I just don't see, I don't see a soft landing. I do not see a soft landing for the yeah. Pac-12, in my opinion. All right, time for your comments. Thank you guys for being so patient. Uh, Connor Cole gives us a $10 tip to say, so what will it take for the first school to jump and others to follow? They say they keep waiting for TV offers, but they know it, and it seems it's not changing. If so, when will it happen? I don't know what it will take or when that will happen, but you are going to, you're going to have to understand the process in the Pac-12. Right. The process in the Pac-12 is ESPN made an offer. George Klyovkov knows what that number is. He has to take that back to his executive committee, right? Which is presidents, three presidents in the Pac-12. Those three presidents say, Okay, let me talk to my pod, right? Because they each have a couple of presidents they work with. They come back together and they say, no, we're not going to do that. From what I understand, the Apple TV deal has never really gotten as far as, okay, well, let's see if we can get 10 people together to agree to this. Because one of the people on that executive committee is President Kose from Washington, who's, who's, according to our sources, a hard no on Apple TV as, a, as, as an all-in proposition. Because again, as we've reported for months now, Apple TV doesn't want to share the content with anybody. Apple TV wants the entire kit and caboodle. They want everything, every game. They want to create, you know, as, as Brian called it, shoulder programming. Hey, I have a Pac-12 football game, but here's a reality series. Here's a post-game show. Here's a Pac-12 talk show. Like, and... President Costley doesn't want to do that. And by the way, we've reported exclusively on this show, the Arizona schools don't want to do that. Colorado doesn't want to do that. And President Costley doesn't want to do that. Thanks. And we've been told directly that those four schools are not in on that. Mm -hmm. So I think what you're going to see happen based on 
people I have spoken to in the conference and in TV is I think the fracture point will be when George Klyovkov says, well, this is what I have for you. That I can't, because what's happening is George is going to the executive committee and they're like, okay, well, we want you to try and X, Y, Z. Hey guys. So go back to ESPN and let's, and ESPN has said, here's where we're at and it's not changing. Our sources tell us it's $90 million a year for five years, period. That's it, right? $350 million or $450 million, that's it. Yeah, take it. See ya. Done. And the problem is that's $45 million, and that's over five years per school for your tier one rights. (laughs) The Big 12 is getting that per year now based on all of the new revenue streams that have been piped in. And they're getting far more than that. Just on their TV rights, they're $31.7 million. The Big Ten's at $100 million per year per school. That's a problem, right? So there was this window in time, as we've reported exclusively on the show, that ESPN and the Pac-12 did not speak, had not talked. And I believe it was uh, April 11th when ESPN and and the Pac-12 had had more conversations and have been in contact regularly. The issue is George Klyovkov's one ask from the ESPN is, hey, take more games and pay us more money. And ESPN's answer to that is, we don't have a place to put him and we're not paying more. It's $90 million. George Klyovkov would like four games a week on the ESPN family and networks. And that's according to our sources that George Klyovkov has proposed four games a week because that covers him in both bye weeks when you have schools that take a week off and it covers him in full weeks as well. And then he would like to find a stream partner for one game a week. The problem is that was Amazon. So that model fell apart. And Apple won't take one game a week, like your fourth best game a week and stream it. That's not going to happen. But the issue is ESPN doesn't want all of your games on TV and stream. The bottom line is George Klavkov's in a very tough spot. (laughs) So at least he is back at the table. And again, we reported on April 11th, no matter what shenanigans happened the last two days, I'm telling you, ESPN and, and, and the Pac-12 have been talking on a pretty regular basis since April 11th. So it's, this is not surprising. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a way that ESPN is an answer for the Pac-12 now. I think it's NBC Universal. And I think what happens is NBC Universal is, is offering them, according to our sources, $200 million a year. Done. That gets you uh, USA Network. That gets you, I, my feeling is, it's a game a month on NBC. And that gets you three games a week on Peacock. Mm-hmm. I believe that's where they're at. <laughs> Remember that Peacock also is a home for the biggest Premier League soccer matches every week. They have the infrastructure. They have had massive amounts of viewership on Peacock so they can handle the volume if there were to be volume with the Pac-12. Like, it's a good package, but it's only $200 million. Well, and obviously Peacock is streaming, right? That's a streaming option. And we know that 
that that the Pac-12 isn't exactly thrilled with with uh, stream heavy deal. So while I completely agree, what goes through my head is, hey, well, if it's a stream heavy deal, where do where does President Kose come down on that? Where do you know where do these different presidents come down on it? And and that brings me right back to, hey, the grant of rights model is outdated and archaic because ultimately you're sending your commissioner around like a messenger boy trying to get a mission done that's never going to get done. And and I think it's you know unfortunately I can't believe I'm saying this, but I almost feel bad for George at this point because. You're sending them out there to do something that I'm not even sure is possible because of your own beliefs, because of your own philosophy. Well, and I think the other thing that I I find so interesting is that, and again, these conversations are ongoing at one point in this process. I was told that NBC Universal didn't want to guarantee two games a week on USA every Saturday and early in a late game. And then three games a week on stream. What they wanted was one on USA, three on Peacock Network. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. Because one of the things that's really hindering NBC Universal is they need more draw to Peacock. It is the, the streaming service has not boomed revenue-wise to the level that they had hoped it was. But the interesting part of that is I've been told that there are no subscription minimums. So if they do this deal with NBC Universal, it's very different than Apple, where Apple was saying, hey, you've got to get us this many subscribers or new memberships for Pac-12 sports because Apple had offered to do a Pac-12 subscription or there's going to be rebates. None of that has been talked about with NBC Universal. NBC Universal simply has said, we want to be able to put tier one on Peacock once a month. Because remember, they do that with with the English Premier League. One game, usually once a month, one weekend a month, a massive football match is on Peacock. Pac-12 has said never. Tier one, our best game every week as judged by us. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 also wants the, de- the f- definition of that tier one game. Hey, our biggest game that week is on USA Network. So they're close enough that they're at that level. They've drilled down several layers. Yeah. And I specifically asked Brian Lawler from Script Sports, who's producing the WNBA? Because the other thing that I heard yesterday was that NBC is willing right now to deploy their assets to, to produce Pac-12 football, which is a big, big deal for the Pac-12 network. The only issue there is, is that I think there are presidents in this Pac-12 league who want to sell off the assets of the Pac-12 <laughs> network, and NBC is is not interested in that. They have got infrastructure for days for live yeah. sports broadcasting. Yeah, you think? So they, I, I think it's just a very, it's a very interesting time, and to really, again, to circle back to Connor Co- uh, Cole's question, I think you see members leave when George Klyovkov says, "Hey, look, you know, we don't have Amazon." You guys don't want Apple. ESPN is not an option for tier one. This is our best alternative right now. This is it. That's when they're going to say, okay, I'm not in for that. I'm out. I'm leaving. Because I've also been told multiple times, and I think we've, I know we've reported this on the show. There are no secrets in this league anymore. Nah. Okay. What, what happened with USC? And for those of you who don't know, and I don't mean to belabor this point, but I think it's an important one. When you look at what happened with USC, USC was on a call in, in two summers ago. And actually it was a year ago, I guess, where there was, the conversation was, hey, 
Pac-12 people. This is an executive committee call. Should we expand the Pac-12 XYZ with these teams? Most on that call were in favor. There was one who was loudly not and killed it. The president at USC. Who then turned around and a couple of months later, what did they announce? We're out. Mm -hmm. We're leaving. And that will never happen again in Pac-12. Right. There are no secrets. That's why they created pods. They all talk to each other. These presidents text and talk on a regular basis. Everybody knows the landscape. And as, as it's been explained to me, Arizona and Colorado, I think, are the ones that most people are concerned about. I think rapidly the Big Ten is becoming more and more of a threat in two years. I don't think anything with the Big Ten is going to happen in a matter of months. I, I truly do not. That's right, T. I think that the Big Ten is not in a financial position until they come to a streaming deal mm -hmm. or they build infrastructure to stream their games for free. I don't believe the Big Ten is in a place to add Oregon, Washington, you know. Camp, Stanford, and Cal. Yeah. I think that's two years away. Yeah. At least from what I've been told. But I think you're looking at a situation where the Arizona schools in Colorado, but I would also keep my eye on Oregon State. I think Oregon State is absolutely in a position where if they had the opportunity to go to the Big 12, I believe they would say yes. I, I, I have almost no doubt about that. Oh, how could you not? I, mean, I believe they would say yes. I, I, why would you not want to leave your current situation for a much better one? Yeah. Um, all right. I apologize. I know I have not been great with comments today. Spangler says, between the Pac-12 and Premier League, NBC USA is going to absolutely own the television time slot no one watches. <laughs> well, and I think one of the, the parts, of, and Spangler, you're actually not wrong. You're not wrong. One of the questions for NBC Universal is, can we get the windows? Because NBC Universal does not need, you know, a three o'clock Eastern kickoff. They just they don't have a use for that. They still have Premier League product at that point. What they need is more of a five, six, seven Eastern kickoff. Hey, are you willing to do four ten as a kickoff? to start your Pac-12 doubleheader on USA Network? And are you willing to push your other schools to Peacock in a later window to fit around the English Premier League? I think it's an incredibly important conversation. Yeah. And the other question is, what happens during Olympic years? Mm. Right, like where does the Olympic contract go? Because I think that's a huge question because NBC Universal is one of the few that has all of the infrastructure for Olympics in place right now. Mm -hmm. In yes, place yes, right yes. now. And before I forget, because it's on my mind right now, the other thing is the Pac-12 wants nothing to do with like CNBC. It doesn't want the NBC family of networks. The Pac-12 wants USA. They want to know exactly what Brian Lawler talked about. Here's where our games are for the next five years. And NBC, USA Network, or Peacock. Yeah. That's what the Pac-12 wants. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very interesting. Uh, let's see. Jimmy says, I'm going, to, I'm going with the teams most likely to go to the Big 12. And who do you think those are? Nick M. Uh, Arizona is an odd duck. Part of the year on Mountain Time Zone and part of the year on Pacific since they don't do daylight savings times. No, the clocks never change in Arizona. Right. Trust me as having been a resident. Uh, they are not. But you look at, you look at what 
what is what is the Big Twelve want? Well, they want a fourth time zone. Yeah, they want a fourth time zone. Oregon State delivers them that fourth time zone. Well, and I think Oregon State delivers them an absolutely viable athletic program that will bring people to the screen. And I think when you look at Oregon State, I think one of the other things that Oregon State does is Oregon State sells Papa Murphy Taco Grande pizzas. Hi, I'm Kylie, and I make fresh, delicious Papa Murphy's pizza. Uh, hi, I'm Zach, and I make the Papa Murphy's pizza. Sure, that's take and bake. We build it with the freshest ingredients. You bake it fresh in your oven. By you, you mean me, so technically, I make the pizza. Super good pizza, Kylie. Oh, Kylie, so good. Right now, enjoy big time taco flavors on a pizza with the limited time taco grande. Papa Murphy's, change the way you pizza. Yep, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. It's Friday night. That means Papa Murphy's Pizza, my friends. Download the app, order it right now at four o'clock mountain time, right? What does that get you? Anytime you want to pick it up, 6.15. All right, great. It'll be on the go rack at 6.15. Fresh and ready to put in the oven. Perfect. And, and again, again, I don't like violence. You guys know that. But if you're going to put pizza sauce on your pizza instead of barbecue sauce. I mean, I might not have any. No, I'm kidding. Uh, traditional crust barbecue sauce. Then pile on all your trash. Right? Pile on all your trash. Whatever. Look, we had, there was some <laughs> slander the other day. Like there were people in this, in the, on this show actually advocating for pepperoni and olive pizza. Bro, what are you talking about, man? I understand. That was a revolution one day. We quashed that revolution. Okay? You do you. Ain't ducking, no smoke. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, well, I am judging you. Like, I'm not going to verbally judge you. I'll just think bad thoughts about you in my head. Just all person Tennessee. Yeah, but you know, we don't put pepperoni. Anyway, barbecue sauce, get the take and bake uh, marinara meatballs and the chocolate chip cookies. You're good to go, man. You're good to go. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Oregon State will not run Big 12 in baseball. Oregon State's got really good baseball. Mm -hmm. Really good. They're I no Alabama, but they'll do. How about that story? Alabama baseball fired their <laughs> baseball coach today. Yeah, because uh, uh, he allegedly, according to ESPN, was in contact with a third party inside the sports book at Great American Ballpark <coughs> in Cincinnati. <coughs> and betting on Alabama baseball was frozen. <coughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Truck Stop Gumby says, ain't no reset, bro. Ain't no reset. It's right. That's right. Exactly. Dale Donuts says pineapple on pizza is blasphemy. Dude, you're, you, I mean, do you want to throw hands, dude? Is that what you're trying to do here? Well, like, I'll do that with Tanner because Tanner keeps trying to tell people I don't like Star Wars, which is just not true. This is a lie. This is, and, and again, I get it. Your name's Tanner. I totally understand it. You, you brought super soaking into the show. I totally understand it. Right. Right? Right. Discock. But I love Star Wars. Yeah. Just because I don't sit around naked with Crisco on my couch I'm watching Star so Wars. I'm so bricked up right now. Doesn't mean I don't like Star Wars. Right, right. You know. Uh, Red Wine 65 says La Casa Pizza. Hey, man, if you say so. Geoff, how the heck are you, buddy? Barbecue chicken pizza and no onions. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, boy. Let's go. 
Uh, Jeremy Callahan, I'm no your mark, but if I was your mark, I would do everything I could to get Oregon State and then hang around to pick up three more after the implosion. I don't believe there will be some crazy implosion. What I think, honest to God, you guys, what I think based on the people we've spoken to, I think you're going to lose the Arizona schools, and I think you're going to lose Colorado. And I think I think that that Brett Yormark, in my opinion, based on who, people I have spoken to, I believe he already has an oral agreement with with Gonzaga. I don't have any doubt about that. I think I think the biggest issue is that the schools that you would want, I don't believe that are are going to make themselves available. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, and Utah will make themselves available. And again, I know that Big 12 fans are going to lose their mind when I say, Brett Yormark absolutely today would add Utah if he could. And why wouldn't you? He would love to, like all these people, all these people, like somebody on Twitter today, Reckham, Double T Raider says, TV networks telling Big 12 that Utah does not add value. Could not be further from the truth. Yeah, and that and, and could you know not be further from that, the truth. The problem is, is that is that Utah Utah's brand has grown because they've won in football. So like three years ago, I'd probably agree with you. But now that you've won the Pac-12 twice, and you know the Rose Bowl appearances, and the fact that you were right on the cusp of a college football playoff, you know, appearance, like you're you're a conversation piece. I'm not going to sit here and say that Utah's a household name on the East Coast, but certainly for a hardcore college football fan, you know Utah. You know what Kyle Whittingham's about. That's right. And I think I think it's a tough sell to be like, oh well, Utah adds no value to the Big Twelve. That's just that that's the type of thing where I'm like, hey man, like to say that a a program that wins at the rate Utah wins adds no value to whatever conference. That tells me you you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, I think one of the interesting conversations we've had this week, and I cannot remember who we were talking to. We were talking to somebody about USC, and what's the first thing that person said to us? Oh, can't wait for that Utah game. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that Utah game, right? Because Utah beat them twice last year, yeah, including the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I just totally disagree with that. I do 100%. Uh, let's see. Arlington Bears says Pep and Olive on pizza is legit. Dude, dude I swear to God. <sighs> Chris. That's not what we're about. Man. You had done so well. And now it's like, dude, you're talking about uh, like Satan's giblets and some pepperoni. Like, what are we doing, man? Are you out of your goddamn Zesty mind? Zesty says Pep and pineapple. Dude, again. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Oki Sam says pepperoni and olive. Great. Oh, please, dude. Have please. we all gone mad? Like, I know it's Friday. I know that we don't do a show every day anymore. But, like, dude, <laughs> I know how to make a damn pizza, bro. Was so, so we took one day off. <laughs> When's the last time we didn't do a show? Damn. Like, back in when we took our trip New to Year. Arizona yeah, or something. Like New Year's. Right? Like, one show. And people are like, oh, you guys don't do shows every day anymore? Growing soft in your old age? That's no. every day. One day, because the Maverick Center exploded with humanity. And by the way, we played 27 holes of golf, and, and I had an way, eagle. We work for ourselves. So we're entitled to a day off when we want to. Yeah. Damn it. I said you I know. had an eagle. You did, and it was Th- nice. 300-yard drive, Bro, drop say, that putt. I got to say, though, the other drive you had was incredible. The other one? I had you one know what I'm talking down about. the left side. Yeah, that you was, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was... The driver is so hard to hit. Uh, and donuts. Anyone up for vegan pizza? Mrs. Monty is vegan. So when your wife is vegan, 
you know, that pretty much makes you not vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fat Jesus, what's up, my guy? Happy Cinco, fellas. What's yeah. up? Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. 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 We're getting, uh, we're getting burritos brought to us. Okay. Mrs. Monty is bringing us burritos. Connor Johnson says, see it, see it, guys like skin rules who don't make us feel welcomed. Okay, okay. Where's, where's skin rules? I have no idea. I have uh, no idea. Going, uh, no, go. it's fine. Okay. Uh, Moth Prof. Jake throws hands like golf, like he golfs. Yeah, not yeah, well. Well, you know Star what? Wars greater than golf. It's oh, not. Oh, please, it's dude. Not. St- why? It's not. Why do we say dumb things? Oh, may the fourth be with you. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You know. Uh, on, Monty bro. Rant says pineapple on pizza only works with barbecue sauce. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Gary, the flash is not bad, actually. Pepperoni, jalapenos, and Satan's giblets. It's actually pretty good. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Jabba the Hutt, Rick Forrester says. I okay. am your father. Okay. Uh, Aaron Wilson, Jake throws hands like he golfs and lays down the D. Hey, man. Wow. Hey. It's internal. Old school donuts or day old donuts. Okay. Describe the Crisco on the couch to your wife. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know. I'm good. And uh, uh, Travis Bird says, Monty, you better like Star Wars. I do. I am your father. I do. <laughs> this is slander. Star Wars is just fine. It's not my favorite. By the way, Gladiator's 23 years old Yeah, today. dude, don't talk to me about Star Wars and then just skip over the fact that Gladiator's 23 years old. You know. Come on. Uh, Dale Donuts, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars or George Lucas' Star Wars? Oh, please. It's George Lucas George all day, Lu- dude. George Lucas. Come on. I mean, th- there's just no doubt about that. Uh, Saul Goodman, San Diego better than Utah. San Diego, like the city? Like tacos and Marks? Yeah, you're probably yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're probably right. Cause Old the, Town? Mean, yes. Yeah, dude. Oh, on. my God. Mr. Preston. Wow. Bro, dude, he exists. Bro. Hey, y'all. It's been a while. Uh, so some news with the Pac-12 TV deal. <laughs> How about the Monty Show merch? Hey, dude. Been trying been trying to see you. I mean, you know. Haven't been able to get a grant of rights on the, uh, on the Monty Show merch. You know. What now? You know. Let me tell you what now. Hey, let me remind you guys about our uh, summer promotion, RSL versus MYFC on June 10th. In the Zag Club at uh, America First Field as we watch RSL football. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, since Tanner is slandering us, Jake made an executive decision that, sorry, Tanner, no free food for you. Okay, fuck you. How's that? The The Zag Lounge, by the way, is a free gourmet meal. All you can eat and drink, alcohol yeah. excluded. Yeah. You get a parking pass. Uh, you get a VIP entry. You get pregame on the field with RSL for warmups. Yes! And then you get seating at midfield and you get to hang out with us. And this is such an easy way to do this, too. Like, we're not even asking you to leave your couch, right? Like, you can keep the can of Crisco open, you can keep the show going. All you have to yeah, do... Yeah, play with your lightsaber. Yeah, dude, like, literally just go on Twitter, find American Fork, uh, Big O Tires and American Fork, and tweet at them, hey, I heard about you on the Monty program, right? That's I all heard, you have to do. That's all you got to do, man. And then if you want to book your spot, if you want to say, okay, it's not good enough for me just to register, I need to, like, go to this thing, Tanner. All you have to do is go into Big O Tires and spend money. Make sure you get a picture. Make sure there's some kind of proof that you did. That's all you have to do. It's not difficult. They do everything. Oil changes, alignments, tires, obviously. But do you need a tune-up? Do you need tint? Do you need a lift kit put on your Jeep or your truck? 
They do all of it at, uh, at Big O Tires and American. Four car guy. Ryan is a fantastic supporter of BYU football. If you're a BYU fan, find him on Instagram, find him on Twitter. You're going to see all. They just did Zach Wilson's Porsche. Kingsley Sulmataia has a, a Grand Cherokee that yes, they work yes, yes. on for him. Like, you name it, they've got over a dozen BYU football players who come into Big O Tires and American Fork to get their car service. So why don't you go to Big O Tires and American Fork and get an oil change? You're automatically in. You're in, dude. You're in. Oh, you want to enter to win? All you have to do is find them on Twitter or Instagram, Big O Tires in American Fork, and comment on one of their posts. Hey, we heard about you on the Monty Show. Done. That's it. That's it. Uh, and again, that event, that game is June 10th, RSL versus MYFC. It's going to be a blast Let's with go. Monty and Jake. So support the good ones. Uh, and the, I am super stoked that American Fork, Big O Tires and American Fork is on board because they're just good dudes. They're just good, good dudes. Uh, let's see. Archer Quick, is Keaton Slovis the starter at BYU? Oh, God. See, Archer, I've warned <coughs> BYU fans about Keaton Slovis <coughs> and the fact that he got beat out at USC. He's mid. There's no other way to say it, dude. So he transferred to Pitt, and then now he transferred to BYU. He's mm. a placeholder. In God's name, image, and likeness. He is a, he is a placeholder. Uh, how do we block people? Because Travis Bird said the Gladiator movie sucked. Dude. See, you don't know. It, you either haven't seen it or you're just being a jerk. Yeah. Nobody thinks Gladiator sucks. No. It is absolutely one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is my favorite movie of all time ever. It's not close. Widely respected. And I have never heard anybody say that movie's bad. Uh, M. Prof is can of Crisco on the couch like all the butter on the toast. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that is. And the can is quite full right now. Okay. Uh, if I win the RSL tickets, you won't. I'll come dressed up as the Mandalorian. You won't. Uh, that is, this is the way. I it's will hold not. you to that, bro. It's not. I will hold you to that. You don't have, he's not, no, you know. Brandon Butler, what's up? Playing with your lightsaber is not allowed without an ID in Utah. <laughs> Damn, bro. Truck stop Gumby. Polish the lightsaber with Crisco? Yes, why don't you? I am your father. Uh, Dustin Flannery, Monty, do you believe your mark wants Oregon State? Or does he want Arizona and CU commitment first as those are closer geographically? I think that Brett Yormark wants... That's a difficult question to answer. I think certainly he wants to add Arizona basketball to the conference. I think the two schools that he would really like to add are Arizona and Gonzaga. I mm -hmm. think Gonzaga's done. Mm -hmm. I think that... If I had to guess, he's going to add a minimum of four schools if, if the Pac-12 changes their situation. My guess is he will add Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Utah. And I think if Colorado changes their tune a little bit, I think Colorado as well. And I think if this happens, San Diego State joins the Big 12 too. Mm-hmm. Because it makes no sense for San Diego State at that point to leave the Mountain West, a very stable situation, to go to the Pac-12, which is very unstable, to change conferences again. Which is why J.D. Wicker went to the Athletic and Seth Davis and said, one way or the other, we're joining the Pac-12 or the Big 12. 
Right. You know. Notice that door is still wide open. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I listen. This situation in the Pac-12, I think, is. I think it is. It's uh, I, the word that keeps coming back to me is tragic. Yeah. Because there's just no reason for the Pac-12 to be in this position. There's there's not. Let's get something out of the way right now. This is all self-inflicted damage in the Pac-12. They never had to be here. Again, I will just tell you, they had a chance to have a deal. They turned it down. They thought they were worth more than they were worth. They had a chance to merge with the Big 12 or at least have that summit to talk about it. They turned it down cold. They, the the Pac-12 has always struggled to understand who they are and where they are. And they always and have always struggled to understand you are worth what somebody is willing to pay you. You are not worth what you tell the market you're worth. You are worth what somebody is willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. Think, look at all the houses for sale in this country. How many of them are overpriced? Well, the Pac-12 is overpriced. There's no doubt about that. The Pac-12, in my opinion, is worth $200 million. And they don't believe that. And it's either going to be a come to Jesus and they're going to take the $200 million and stick together or they're not. And they're going to lose, in my opinion, four teams. At that's a minimum. The, that's the simple math. Yeah. That's a simple math. And that's why I say, like, again, I, like, that's why nothing's happening right now. Because, again, it, it once again is this, as Kenzano always says, the domino that's waiting to fall, right? Like, it's this one thing that everyone, including Brett Yormark and the Big 12, are waiting for to happen. And I think, I'm telling you, the Pac-12 is going to die on this hill. They are going to go down to the 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 final, the, the absolute last possible moment they can before presenting a TV deal uh, offer Correct. to the presidents. I, I mean, I, like, and, and again... I, I don't know. Maybe I've shifted on George Klyovkov, but I just, I'm almost starting to be like, yeah, dude, like, buddy's on Mission Impossible right now. Like, I don't know how you're going to, like, the, like, truly, I believe the NBC angle is really the only angle you have left because it's not Apple. That's it's not it. Amazon. ESPN doesn't want tier one. And, and, that, and that's the other thing about the ESPN story that came out yesterday, which really isn't a story that's been known for a while now. So I don't really know why it blew up in everyone's faces yesterday, but. But if ESPN doesn't want Tier 1, if Apple and Amazon are not options for Tier 1, NBC is really the last viable thing. And I'm curious when this is all said and done, if we ever find out when George Klyovkov comes off the $400 million a year number because it's guys like Brian Lawler, right, from Scripps that could really help George Klyovkov, but because George and the conference are asking for, you know, $400 million... That's just not going to get that. Like, no one's going to do that for a product that, frankly, is nowhere near as compelling as some of the other stuff that's available. Well, and I'm telling you, the other part of this conversation is I think you just have to forget about a grant of rights. I think we're watching it as it happens right now with the Las Vegas Golden Knights TV deal, with which I think is the model for the Utah Jazz. I think it's the model for every, for every, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball team that is under the contract of a, of a regional sports network. What the Las Vegas Golden Knights and Scripps just did was rewrite the history of television. That's what they did. It's hard to argue. It is local. It is 
it is sold by the provider. So Brian Lawler, president of Script Sports, told us exclusively today that, hey, we're selling the ad inventory for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So let me get this right. You're going to broadcast their games and you're going to go and sell it. So you're going to put our games on TV and you're going to make us money doing it. Who's, who's saying no to that? If you go to the Utah Jazz today and you say, hey, we'll put your games on in your region, right? Because you're not, you, you, obviously you have Denver to the east, right? You have to respect that. You have the sun south. You have to respect that. But if, if you're able to get Idaho or part of Idaho and you're able to get all of Utah, mm-hmm. why would you say no to that? And you're going to sell our inventory for us? Why would you say no to that? Stay hard. Because you can't tell me that Scripps and Ion, who already have stations and outlets locally, aren't just going to leverage their local seller already and give them fresh meat to sell. It, it makes no sense not to do that. And if that's truly, if I'm reading the, the, the roadmap the right way, that's the future of television. And you look at the deal that Scripps did with the WNBA. Brian Lawler told us today, the WNBA and the NBA is going to produce all of that content, at least for this year for them. Like, that's incredible. Like It makes a lot of sense for Scripps because Scripps doesn't have to produce the content. And they're going to get new viewers. They're going to expose to their TV schedule and all of their other platforms and all of their other content. And it's women's sports, which is exploding right now. You look at the NCAA women's basketball final, exploding right now. They're making stars. And the WNBA is a massive platform. I think this is a no-brainer. And my question is, why isn't the Pac-12 doing this? I've talked about this for a month. Why are you not going back to your, your, your schools and saying, hey, don't go sign a grant of rights with the Big 12? Let's put regional deals together. Now, why they wouldn't do that with the CW, I have no idea. I think that was a huge mistake not to put that deal together with the CW. But if you're the Pac-12 and, and you are Oregon, right? And you're, and you're Portland. Are you telling me that throughout the state of, of Oregon, you can't sell Oregon Ducks football and basketball? Come on, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, You're telling me that if you are the Washington Huskies, you can't sell through Seattle, Tacoma, and the great state of Washington? You can't sell UW Husky sports? Come on now. Yeah, Gonzaga basketball? Come on now. Come on now. You look at the deal the Suns just did with Gray TV, are you telling me that, that Arizona or Arizona State can't go to Gray TV and say, hey, I want to go independent? Will you give me massive reach throughout the state of Arizona? Let's do a deal. You're telling me great TV is going to say no to that. I have a hard time believing that. And what does that do for Arizona State? That regionalizes them. Certainly, you're not going to be coast to coast. But what does that do? That puts you on in your market. Everywhere across the state. More branding, more sales, new fans. I I think there's real merit there. What does that do for the college football playoff? That's yet to be seen, right? Like, is how are you going to market yourself for a spot at the table in a 12-team college football playoff? How are you going to market yourself? The answer is I don't know yet. But what I do know is $20 million a year is leaving probably at least three times that amount of money on the table as going with a Gray TV, a Script Sports, an Ion, a CW, 
It just doesn't make a lot of sense not to at least explore it. When we're talking about making revenue streams, yes, that's yes. Th this is my, my perennial struggle, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know the right thing to do. You know that is to go regional. You know that when you're looking for the best in barbecue equipment, you think barbecue pit stop. Like, it's a no-brainer. It's easy because you know that barbecue pit stop has stores in Logan, Layton, Lehigh, Payson, St. George, and in Murray right across the street from the mall. You know, come on, that when you hear barbecue pit stop, you think of the best barbecue equipment in the business with Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, Camp Chef. You know that. You know they're all local entrepreneurs that own and operate those stores, support small business. You know that at, at barbecue pit stop. You also know that it's rubs, sauces, spices, wing dust, cauliflower wing dust. You can get it all. And the other thing you get is great service. I love those dudes at barbecue pit stop. Because they teach me how to make brisket, how to make turkey breast for the holidays, how to make ham for Easter. When you think about all those big, big dates, all you do is get the smoker, plug it into the wall, put the pellets in and hit ignite. And now you have this beautiful turkey breast yes. that you probably got at Barbecue Pit Stop because did you know they have meat counters now? And in the Payson store, they're in one of the best meat stores, butcher shops in the entire state. You get this big, beautiful ham or brisket or sausage, whatever your flavor is. They're going to tell you how to cook it, how to prepare it. And by the way, here's the best rub or season for it, right? Here's the best brine for it. Here's how long. Here's the temperature. They're going to show you everything you need to know so you can be the rock star of your upcoming Memorial Day barbecue, of your upcoming summer barbecue. Right? You're going to be the star because you went to Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, Boyd Lake, do folks in Utah even know the difference with, from real barbecue to grilling? I would think so. I would think if so. If you don't, you should go to Barbecue Pit Stop. You should. Oh, man, dude, smoking is, it's so easy. Dude, like you can put, you can do anything from, hey, mom, can I have some dino nuggets? <laughs> Put them on yes, the smoker. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. 15 minutes, done. Hey, mom, can we have hot dogs tonight? Put them on the smoker. Put the Papa Murphy's pizza on the smoker. Telling you. Cake, baby. Uh, <laughs> better call Saul. Papa Murphy's pizza of the Big 12. That's exactly right. That's right. Is there not? There, there's a Papa Murphy's pizza for every occasion. That's right. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. There's no doubt. Just like it, we had an argument on the show the other day about the best flavor of bucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's Miami. Please. Which, by the way, where's my ice cold Miami? Okay, you, you need some Miami, bro? Where is my, like, it's, he, you have one job, and that's to make sure I have a cold can of, you know. Uh, let's see. Two Mastas. Larry. I'm believing he's talking to Larry Pilgrim. I know you hate speculation, but Sikkim 365 keeps saying the Pac-12 is on the brink of losing two teams. They're not. They're not on the brink. And, and look, maybe Sikkim 365 has information we don't. I don't believe that anybody's like, oh, man, can't wait. What time is it? Is it time to go yet? No, it's not time to leave yet. What time is it? Like, I don't believe that there's schools just sitting here hoping and praying and waiting for the Pac-12 to fail. There it is. There it is right there, my friends. Ice cold, Miami. Let's go. Uh, yes, Monty Rant. 
Are you hiring a new drink retriever? I'd like to apply if you are. Please. Jake, you going to do your job? I know it's I know it's all 12 feet of the well, no, don't. Don't say it. Cheers. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, yes, yes. It's rock and roll, baby. Let's go. Um anyway, Travis Hinton. They have been on the brink for the last year. And, and that's my point. I don't believe that you are in a position in the Pac-12 where Colorado's ready to go right now. They're ready to go, sure. If you come back and say 20 million is the best we can do. Okay, well, I got to explore my options. Quote, call U-Haul. Right, they're going to go. It, it's not a matter of, hey, I can't wait. Because again, and it pisses people off, I say it every day, nobody's anxious to change conferences. There's not a, 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 any of these 10 schools. And I would even go as far as to say USC and, and UCLA that are eager to change conferences. It's a pain in the ass. It's yeah. expensive. Pack your shit. Let's it, go. It is arduous. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. And usually there's not a whole lot of money in it. And in this case, you're talking about significant bread because I believe it's a $10 million difference just on a, on a, on a balance sheet. And then we get into all the, the other revenue streams. Yeah. And I think it's a 30, 40, 50 million dollar difference. Right. But I you know, I just think it's it is I think it's a very different thing in my opinion. Uh let's see. Let's go back a little bit. Dion's burner phone. I think George Klyovkov is terrified of everything that you're talking about. Maybe he is. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Matt Castleton. Why can't they do both NBC sports and allow individual schools to sell their own content on tier three? Cause tier three doesn't exist anymore. Schools don't want the, to have to carry that infrastructure to say, Hey, we're going to produce our own badminton tournament. They don't want to do that. Yeah. They want NBC sports to be like, all right, let's have the PAC 12 uh, gymnastics tournament in Salt Lake city at the Maverick center. And they don't want to produce it on their Dude, own. Dude, conferences want to check and the TV people to handle everything. Yes. That's it. Yeah, and by the way, we've watched the Pac-12 be an absolute dumpster fire trying to do it the other way. Yeah. An absolute catastrophe. The Pac-12 is why you don't do tier three rights. Yeah. If we're being totally honest. I just don't think that's even... I don't think it's even a conversation. Gary says, why regional? You will lose national recruiting. I don't know, will you? If it's on stream for free, because again, I'm telling you, look at, look at the Go Vegas Golden Knights deal. That's a stream deal. You can watch that on phone. WNBA, you can watch that on phone. The, what matters is that your mom and your dad and your uncle and your high school friends can watch you on their phone. Yes. That's what matters. And if the money's there and the facilities are great and there's revenue streams and you're able to generate NIL and... I, d I don't know that that matters. I really don't. Yeah. Um, now, if you're part of a larger uh, national deal, fine, no issue. But if you're locked to those five states, screw that, bad take, regional is not the way. I don't think you have a choice if you're the Pac-12. Because, again, I ask you, where's the national deal? And by the way, was the soccer writer in Minnesota watching you when you had a national deal? I mean, where, where's the national deal? That's the hard part. It, at at the in the Pac-12, I think you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because you don't have even the option to have a national deal right now. You, you you're not like 
How many, how many members of the Pac-12 are willing to bite the bullet and say, yeah, we didn't get what we told you we were going to get? Mm. What is, is in opposition. And what happens to Canzano when it's not a $50 million deal that he's been promising? <laughs> and, and I'm being honest. I'm being honest. What happens to John Canzano when it doesn't turn out that they're getting $40, $50 million a year? That he is sworn up and down. They're going to get $40, $50 million deals. Apologize to that man. What's going to happen? Because I just, I, and again, whether you believe me or not, the, the, we have talked to so many people about this. Administrators in, it, at schools, TV executives, like we have talked to a ton of people about this. I have not one time heard that the Pac-12 is going to get a $40 million deal. Um, um, not once. Um, I'm telling you. That it, from what I understand and what people at ESPN and other places have told me, they're looking at a $20 million deal per school per year. 200 million bucks. That's it. Yeah. Like, I, I just and can't. I think, that, I think that's proper with their relevance. Like, I, I don't think that that's. Nobody's in the line. business of overpaying anymore. Yeah, no. Especially you know? after all the RSNs went out of business. Archer, quick. Uh, did Kanzano really say USC and UCLA might come back to the pack in a few years? I. Yeah, the, 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 I don't understand the unwillingness. And again, this goes back to the Pac-12 media folks, you know, who won't acknowledge that their, their members have talked to the big 12. Um, like it's not a question anymore, Yeah. but you say, Hey, by the way, you know, for a fact, Utah's had extensive conversations with Colorado and you get this firestorm of you, you're a clown, you're a liar, you they haven't even denied it. Yeah. They haven't even denied it. Yeah. Arizona has said so. Colorado has said so. You, they haven't even denied it. Yeah, they're and not yet, no, from it. Not a single school has talked to the Big 12, you liars. Okay. Like, at what, facts at what point do you understand that this isn't about propaganda or Big 12 Anon, like truck stop conference, the Pac-12's biggest issue is they won't be honest about where they are. Like for the longest time, it was, well, no school has ever stepped back academically. That's not true. Oh, but the money, nobody, that's not, none of that propaganda that's come out of the Pac-12 is true. Yeah. Whether it's George Klyovkov talking about back of the envelope calculations, like it's simply not the case. Yeah. And at every turn, whether it's this show or other shows, what's being reported has been proven to be true. We told you, Utah, Colorado, Arizona have had extensive conversations. We told you, hey, NBC Universal, go check it out. April 11th, I believe we reported it, mm -hmm. or something like, no, it was March 11th, we reported, hey, NBC Universal has gotten involved in the Pac-12, what happened on yesterday? Dennis Dodd at CBS, so all of a sudden it's true. Like you, you can you can lob your insults and you can be you can have your head in the sand. But the truth is the truth. The Pac-12 right now, in my opinion, is going to have trouble breaking, I think at max, $22 million. Thanks. And now again, if you're just tuning in, one of the things we reported today. Um, as the Pac-12 turns, yeah, that Arizona 
Arizona State, Washington, and Colorado have said no to Apple TV as a sole distributor, right? We told you that last week. Today, we're telling you that Amazon's no longer in the conversation for Pac-12 rights. Not tier one, Pac-12 content, period. Yeah. So you're running out of options. And it, it, it just keeps it just keeps going. Well, and I think that the, this conversation about arrogance of both the supporters and the conference itself is crazy. Like, not being willing to say, like, yeah, hey, uh, hmm, maybe fifty million isn't going to happen. Like, what? You know, maybe that's just not going to happen. Maybe, maybe as it turns out, as this situation has developed and moved along, that 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 number is just not feasible. It's okay to say, hey, yeah, like we're not going to get that. That's okay. But I feel like in the Pac-12, it's not okay. I feel like if you're the Gonzanos of the world or or a fan of a Pac-12 school or a booster, let's say, it's like as if you have this attitude that you can never say anything bad about Utah. And that's what I struggle with. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it is. I think it's very tough. Jason W. gives us $2 to ask. Which Pac-12 schools would get the same $31 million in the Big 12? Well, according to their deal with ESPN, um, which has a clause, it's called a pro rata clause. That means that if you are a P5 school and you join the Big 12, ESPN will pay you on par. So you're looking at any of the Pac-12 schools. Now, if you're talking about in the Big 12, yeah, you would get that. The pro- and, and here's the problem for Brett Yormark. But mm-hmm. as we were told, I think three weeks ago now, Brett Yormark has spoken to Fox about Gonzaga. And Fox has agreed to pay an equal on par was Gonzaga. the phrase that was used. Has agreed to pay on par for Gonzaga. Will they do the same thing for San Diego State? Probably I don't know. Not. We'll see. Yeah. You know, like it, it is, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know. I just think Gonzaga has relevancy. Gonzaga is a brand. It's a power. It's like everything that you would want as a TV partner, you know? And, and I know they're only basketball. They're not football, but at the same time, like you look at San Diego state and I know they just went on a run, but, but is that overall from a TV perspective, is that actually valuable? Cause that national championship game did really bad in viewership. So to me, I, I, I look at San Diego state and I look at Gonzaga and I look at, you know, how you would compare those two and, and you understand why Fox would be willing to pay a full share for Gonzaga, but not a full share for San Diego state. And again, I think that's why you hear the JD wickers of the world talking about how, Hey, one way or the other, we're going to get to this conference or that conference. It's just really a matter of time. Because I don't think that that he knows. And I don't think that a lot of people know what exactly is going to happen. But what we do know is that they're running out of options, which would force the hand of schools leaving the Pac-12. Or, or the retirement of grant of rights and the, the, the birth, if you will, of localized uh, TV deals, regional TV deals that put you in local markets. Not, not RSNs, but, but really... Hey, right in your town, right in your area type type distribution. And there are there are companies, obviously the Ions of the world and CW, like there are companies out there that can do that. But the day of massive national way overpay just to have your content days, those are over, bro. That's not like that's it. We're done with that. Now it's time to get real about return on investment and actually surviving. Yeah. 
Uh, Two Masters says Utah's president apologized to Dennis Dodd. Oh, I didn't see that. What did he apologize to him for? I don't know. I don't know what you're referencing. David Welker. So if I understand you're right, Barbecue Pit Stop and Friends are going to put out $60 million per year to sponsor six Utah games a year. That's four or five times more than ESPN was paying BYU. Utah does have value. Well, I never said that they were going to put out $60 million. Yeah, where the hell are you getting that from, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what are you talking about? Tanner says, flyover conference. That's my favorite nickname, seriously. Uh, Ed Wayner says, go Islanders. (laughs) Yes, Brian Lawler from Script Sports is an Islanders fan. Uh, Boyd Lake, ouch, no more Amazon. Eesh, yeah, it's going to be, that's very difficult. It is very difficult. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says, a pig bus? Yes, Utah pig bus on Twitter. Uh, I am, let's see, jam on my jelly roll. What's up? Where have you been? Uh, cheese pizza with extra, extra cheese family style. Then I cook it on my 22-inch George Foreman grill. George <coughs> Foreman grills are underrated. Crispy crust. Okay. But see, that's one of the things I really like about the smoker is that you get the crispy crust. My God. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Royal Blue Saguaro. Fox still hasn't agreed to the pro rata for new P5 schools, has it? No, it is not. But the difference between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is that Brett Yormark has an ongoing conversation and relationship with his TV partners. So when he was, and again, sources have told us that Gonzaga has a, an oral invitation to join, a verbal invitation to join Gonzaga. the Big 12 and that the Big 12 has spoken to Fox about, hey, what if? I like Gonzaga. And we were told the phrase that was used was on par, that Fox would pay on par for Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a per school basis with Fox. Yeah. I don't believe that Fox is, is going to pay on par for San Diego State. That's going to be an issue as well. I think San Diego State is in an incredibly vulnerable position. I, I think, again, and I'm, I'm not trying to get all crazy, but the Seth Davis quote right here for, through Dennis Dodd, San Diego State AD J.D. Wicker to Seth Davis of The Athletic, quote, one or the other Big 12 or Pac-12 is going to happen we're excited for the opportunity, and we're uh, done. We've done a lot of work to prepare for that. But now, let me tell you what now. Well, how are you going to get paid? <laughs> and I'm being serious. No, it's a, it, that's. A, I just that's why I think it's funny to hear JD Wicker say one way or the other, one or the other, we're going to do the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Because it's like, dude, like, like you can sit here and 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 tout and say, oh yeah, we're going, and then you know, sources on our side are saying that he hasn't even informed the Mountain West commissioner that that they're that they're, they're leaving. leaving. Like I, I just think things don't add up and, and that's what I'm a big believer in. Like you can you can look at whatever you know, whoever you want to support. I if if you want to go and support Gonzalo, that's fine. I have nothing against Guy personally. I just don't believe his work is as honest as it needs to be. No, and his track record is not either. And and I think that that if you just do like if we just take our opinion out of it, just take your opinion out of it. I don't care who you are, and just look at okay, if we know that that ESPN is out on tier one, if we know that Apple TV, you know, wanted basically wanted either all or nothing, all of your content, and it's nowhere else, or we we're not interested, they're out. And we knew Amazon wanted one game a week, 
and that doesn't work for the Pac-12, so they're out. Well, where else are you going to go? Because Fox doesn't have a need, and NBC is the last prayer for you. That's not an opinion. That's just sort of a synopsis of the news cycle. And you look at Oregon and Washington. Nicole Arobach at uh, The Athletic. Illinois Chancellor Robert Jones tells The Athletic, the notion of expansion is not really at the top of our list at the moment. That's an honest answer. We're only going to do what's best for our current membership, and there has to be some value added for expanding beyond that. Oh, by the way, he's on the executive committee in the Big Ten who makes a decision if they expand or not. Oh. So when he says, hey, there has to be value to add, what's the value? What he's saying there is there has to be more money, and there's not. So we, we can sit here, and, and I agree with you, Jake. We can sit here and go round and round about this. I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, like, the, I just... Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, Two Master says Dennis Dodd claims Mark Harlan apologized to him over that Twitter spat they had a while back. Oh, Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah. Mark is the athletic director at Utah mm-hmm. who who went after Dennis Dodd a little bit. So I did not see, I don't know, did Dennis tweet that? I don't, I don't know if I follow Dennis Dodd on Twitter or not. I think I do. Uh, but Mark Harlan's a good dude. Mark Harlan... Mark Harlan is is somebody that is frustrated for, for certain. Yeah, how can and, it not be? Yeah, so I get that. And Donuts gives us $5 for the Monty Show Golf Fund. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yes, that. we will be putting that money to use tomorrow. Thank you. Yes, we will. Exactly right. Jason W. gives us $2. Not sure four corners. Oregon State, Washington State are worth $31 million each. They are not. No, they are not. They are not. But I think if you are if you are Washington State, your issue is that you you need a conference TV deal because you don't have, and I'm trying to be gentle, but you don't have value beyond Pullman, Washington, and you're dwarfed by Spokane and Gonzaga. It makes it very difficult. That I mean, that region together. I mean, exactly. that's a very small area. So, yeah, I think it's a. I think there are a lot of schools that are in for a reality check right now. Hundred percent. Uh, they're in for a reality check, and I, I don't know. It's going to. It's going to play out very poorly, in my opinion. Uh, Rick Forrester says Big Twelve is only taking Colorado and Arizona. Uh, I don't know why you would do that. Why would you only take Colorado and Arizona? Yeah, there's much more opportunity than that. I don't know why you would do that. I mean, you're at that point, you're leaving money on the table. I mean, understand, you're talking about the end times of the Pac-12 in that case, right? Like, like you understand? Like, I th- I feel like people just throw around, oh yeah, well they're going to take, yeah they're going to take the four corners, they're going to take these two. Like, dude, do you understand what that would do to the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 if they lost even one? And do you understand that Arizona and Arizona State are, I I believe, and have been told they're tied at the hip. Yeah, because why would they go? Why would they split conferences? It makes no sense. They, those two are critically important to each other. It, it's not even a. You think BYU and Utah are important? Arizona, Arizona State are down the street from each other. Like they need each other. Like if Arizona goes, Arizona State's going. And if you think that that. Colorado 
has some kind of iconic value. You're, you're re- I ask you, when Deion Sanders wins three games this year, um, and the second half of the season is an absolute orifice-stretching endeavor. Sorry, I thought you said orifice-stretching. Janus. It is. You're, where's the momentum going to be at that point? Do you view this season as a failure? And if you're Colorado, you need this done before you ever kick off a football game. Mm-hmm. You need it done before you ever kick off a football game because the optics are critically important. I'm, I can only say that so many times. For Colorado, you are an educational institution until Deion Sanders wins a conference championship. Yep. I think he has to win. Because if he goes four or five wins a season, that's not winning. I understand we coming in, it's Louie, but that's not four or five wins a year. <laughs> it's Louie. That's you know funny. what I'm saying? Like yeah. It, yeah. It, four or five wins yeah. a year ain't Louie. Yeah, dude. It's you know not. what I'm saying? Like, no, 10 wins is Louie. That, that's why I said like we can all throw stuff against the wall, but that's why we don't on this show. Yeah. When do you ever hear us say, oh, yeah, we think or we don't do that. That's why like NBA free agency or – we don't do that because people's livelihoods are at stake. Yeah. Like George Klyovkov, in my opinion, and I've heard this more than once, I think he, if his seat is not hot, I would be shocked because they, they have done nothing, not a thing yeah. together in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> Truck Stop Gumby, Ralphie Burgers for everybody. Please. Thing almost killed Dion. See the size of that thing's tongue? My God. Jam on my jelly roll. Monty, Monty, what's your opinion on the Bears draft pick? Maybe four wins next year. Best offensive lineman in the draft, in my opinion. (laughs) The issue is I think he plays inside. He doesn't play tackle, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. But, by the way, did anybody see the Chicago Bears are trying to develop the old race course now? They're trying to get a – they're trying to get tax breaks because – they bought, so they, real quick aside, the Chicago Bears bought a race course called Arlington Park. It's a prestigious piece of land in suburban Chicago. The Bears buy it. They, the, the state and the county reassess the taxes on it and exploded the tax bill because now the Bears own it and they want to turn it into a football stadium. So the Bears are hemming and hawing now on whether they're going to develop that piece of land. Because they want, they want tax shelter to develop that land. And, and it's an ass. I can't remember. It might be like $15 million a year in taxes alone. Dude. Ain't ducking, no smoke. And I think it was $3 million when it was a racetrack last year. Before the Bears bought it. It was like $3 bucks. Now, I, I could be wrong about that. But I think it was 3 and now it's 15 It's a stupid number. It's a stupid, stupid number. Hey, by the way, you should have thought about that before you told the city of Chicago to go screw themselves. So, yeah. Raider Mark. <clears throat> what? Yeah, so it is $15 million a year in taxes. Oh. And the problem is, is that they bought, the, the value the, before the Bears bought it, when, that, when the first person had it, was $33.5 million, right? Yep. Now it's $197 million that they bought it for, which is why the tax bill is $15 million. Right, but the assessor won't explain to the Bears why that happened. Because 
the land is has changed not a bit. They haven't improved the land. They haven't torn it down. They've done nothing. And understand, this is this is a 326-acre property. This is no, like, small piece of that land. That is a deadbeat piece of property because the racetrack is no longer operating. So it's sitting there. They value it at whatever it was. You said $33 million. Yeah, $33.5 million. The Bears buy it. They go into permit to tear it down, and all of a sudden the value skyrockets. Yes, $197 million. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Pac-12 is over. Who has an avatar of a nude dude in a tub smoking a cigarette? You are not. <laughs> Did you enter your ID to get that picture, sir? Um, it ain't official, but let's be honest, the Pac is over. Yeah, I don't know about Wait that. Wait, Stan Brand, bro. I'm not sure about that. They filed demolition papers in Arlington Park last week. They did. It, this, this, the Chicago Bears are run by George Kleovskog. Don't play intramurals, brother. Do you, let, me, this, let me see if I can get Jesus at the door here. This is a continuing shit show in Chicago. God. Oh, Coach Ditka, good to see you. Hey. Hey, coach! In the sunglasses, baby. Didn't know you were dead, sir. Yeah. Ain't no reset, dude. Be, do you guys understand my fandom? I'm a Notre Dame fan. We suck. Don't fuck. I'm a Blackhawk fan. We're terrible. Don't fuck. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan. We just went one and six on our road trip. <laughs> We're terrible. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Don't make me talk about it. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. And now we'll never beat Aaron Rodgers as a Green Bay Packer. Mm. Ever. Mm. I have no soul. Never. And I have no happiness. Never. And on top of that, I'm a fan of Chelsea Football Club. And we don't win matches anymore. We used to. Now we're nine clear of relegation. <coughs> Thank fucking God. That were nine points clear with like I think three matches left. I thought what <laughs> Like I'm serious, like you're nine points clear with three matches to go. Give me a piece of rebar. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man. Drive that thing through my foot. It's more enjoyable than being a sports fan in my life. Like I have no sports happiness. I have no sports. I haven't had a sports gasm in I don't know how long. Hey, we're focused on the Jets today. Yeah, I'm not either. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. I haven't had sports happiness in I don't know how long. We're on to Cincinnati. Although today it moved a little bit when I when Ian Happ came to the plate and I said this mf'er <coughs> needs to hit, and he jacked it out. I said he jacked it out. Yeah. I'm so bricked up right now. He hit a home his run. Cock. His cock. His cock. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Monty Rant says, what time is Monty tries to make us money? Hey, dude, I'm three for my last three. Yeah, you are. You actually have done well. Red hot. 36 minutes from right now. Monty tries <laughs> to make us money. Jesus, if you're not a hater. CKS, uh, I am a, I am a hardcore standing position that OSU and Wazoo come with us. Four corners. Who's we? Are you going to the yeah, Big Twelve too? Yeah, you like too? the Water Boy of Colorado? They are part. They're not. Oh, Wazoo's not part of anything but your mom. Yeah, 
I don't know why I said that. You guys ever want to kick it? We'll flow. And Donuts, Arlington Park conceptual renderings are badass. They are, but that's all it is. That's all we do in Chicago Bears you fandom. Dream. We draw little pictures. You and dream. Then we go to bed and we wake up on the lakefront with dead bodies and bags of cocaine. That's who we are as Bears fans. Waves in opposition. SA, Utah will be the flagship university of the new Pac-12. Yeah, 1-0 yeah, oh, every Pac year. Five? Every year. Uh, the Pac-12 is over. It's Isn't it a shit show in Pac country? It is. You know. It is. Tr uh, truck Stop Gumby, at least Monty isn't a Stanford fan. Dude, Don't I you know who I am? I hate trees. So let me get this right. I'm paying somebody to come and do whatever it is to this, whatever it is in my the rear of my home, because it's not grass and it certainly ain't a yard. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. Let me get this right. So I'm going to pay you. So I'm going to pay you. To come in, and it's really just a guy that's going to come and kill dandelions and crabgrass. But I have to blow all the leaves off for you to do that? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're a landscaper, man. No. Apparently I'm the landscaper. Pricks. Tom, does Chicago want to join the Pac-12? <laughs> Apparently they've talked. You know. Larry Pilgrim. Big 12 Karen troll accounts. Probably. Probably. Salty drunk. Any NBA news? Yes, we have to talk about Luka Doncic and his hot-ass mom to the Utah Jazz coming up. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what does this say? Ben, ben, I don't, you want to take a shot at that? I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you looking at your phone. Uh, Benida? Benida? I don't know what that I means. I think that just says Benda. Okay. Uh, Tanner, Monty, enough with this woe is me stuff. The Bulls have won six titles. Like 30 years ago. Yeah, what happened? I thought Stockton and Malone and, you know. Yeah, the non-push-off, you remember. Yeah. The Cubs have won a World Series title. Like 30 years ago. Well, it was only like five years ago. Uh, the Bears have a Super Bowl. Like literally 30 fucking years ago. Yeah, no, that's a long time ago. Are dude. you serious? Yeah. So do the Eagles. What are you talking about? Notre Dame is the most prestigious program in college. Stop. Uh, if somebody is all to be woe is me, it should be Utah sports fan. Dude, you're oh, woe. Please. Dude, you take a dump and you're like, oh, that's terrible. Although today was. Hey, by the way, did you see uh, Nick Foles is available? Yeah. Do you hey, want to go and get Buddy? You don't like, you don't like Jalen Hurts. You think he sucks. Nick Foles is available. Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, you did. Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it five years ago you guys were referring to him as Big Dick Nick? Yeah, go wasn't get him. Wasn't that his nickname? Go get him. Brandon Butler could be worse, brother. You could be a White Sox fan. Stop. Oh, okay, shit. Guaranteed no, low-rate field. The only people that are White Sox fans are those that have a stipulation in their parole agreement that they have to support the South Side. Hugh Janus. Right? Nobody was born or wants to be a White Sox fan. Here I am. Nobody. Well, again. Here I am. Sucks. <laughs> oh, Tony La Russa's back. And he, I believe, died on the bench. <laughs> Right? <laughs> oh, man, you guys, we got, you know. Oh. You got who? Oh, oh remember that John Cangelosi catches a yeah, kid? Yeah, that's stupid. I do. Good old number 44. He ain't coming through that door anytime soon. Sorry, did Rudy you just Law, say John Cangelosi? John Cangelosi, look it up. One of the greatest photographic moments of my life was as a kid <laughs> with one of those Kodak instant snap cameras. Yeah, it was Kodak photo day, bro. John Kodak. Cangelosi makes a diving catch, and here's little Monty just clicking away. 
Didn't catch yes, up. Yes, you did. Not a single. Yes, you did. Not a single. Monty tries to take you pictures. Not a single fucking <laughs> picture of John Cangelosi, but some fathead drunk Sox fan <laughs> blocking my camera lens. <laughs> Dude's out here with a disposable camera. It just rolled out a fathead blocked my lens tape. Yeah, disc cameras. <laughs> Do you guys remember that disc film? Oh, my God. Oh. <sighs> Lopes fan Gabe. Personally, I'm more of a hardcore leaning position. Hey, team lean, baby. Stop. Katie Raider, what's up? Hey, fellas. Happy Friday. Uh, hand pink waving. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I'm going to hell. Uh, if Pac-12 implodes, Steven says, Big 12 takes six schools. Looks like the Big 12 will have a Pacific Division and a Wheat Field Division. A Wheat, a field, wheat division. field Division. Maybe a four-team conference playoff for a championship. Could be. Could be. Oh, Matt Ritson. You're a Northwestern, finished 1-12 last year. Yeah. Don't hang that on me. I used to live a block from Dyke Stadium. You think you know it all. I'm, not, I'm a Notre Dame fan. We, I think they finished 1-12 last year, too. What's wrong with you? You know, Zesty says, try being a Royals fan. Why are you looking at me, bro? Any comment? You no, know any no Royals comment. fans? No, no comment. Jake's not girlfriend, you know, is a Royals fan, believe it or not. Cougar Tail, can we spend a few bucks to get it so your face won't be covered up by a text message? Bro, what the hell are you talking about? Can we about, spend bro? a few bucks to get it so your face won't be covered up by a text message? What does that mean? Yeah, bro, are you okay? You know, uh, Greg Hawkins. Hello, casuals. Did I miss anything? Nothing. Not at all. I agree with Tanner. Chicago has nothing on Utah. Nothing. Bro, no, Tanner's comment right there. Come on, Tanner. Too soon on the Nick Foles stuff, Jake. Never too soon. Yeah, it's not too soon, dude. Can he play for RSL? Maybe they can actually get above the line. Hey, for by once. the way, Nick Foles is better than Donovan McNabb. Just Ho-ho! saying. <laughs> Speaking of Donovan McNabb, we have to talk about DUIs in about 40 minutes. Hey. You know. Saw, dude. Sick half sleeve, bro. Oh, mine? Yeah, not done. Yeah, he, he said, dude, not bro. It's fine. Hey, saw, dude. Sick half sleeve, dude. Appreciate that. Thank you. Not done yet, though. Stop. Don't start. With Let's it. go. Let's you know go. What? I try. I try. Let's and, go, and baby. And you guys, you know what? You. No. <laughs> You know, I, I can't reason with you people. Just get the marinara meatball. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Oh, well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy, tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Um, <laughs> Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show, and I'm telling you, get the marinara meatballs. What are we doing tonight, by the way? Uh, we're going to an art museum. What is this place called now? (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I, I try. I try to be but civil. But it's not about what you try to do. It's not what you're meant to do, It's only ass. what you do do. You, you see what I you mean? You tried to lose weight, but as usual, you gained. Ain't ducking, no smoke. You know. See, you even have to look it up, bro. I want to make sure I get the name right. Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. I almost said the Contemporary Art Museum. We're going to the Utah Museum I'm of Contemporary so Art. I'm so bricked up right now. Jake, who's single, is going to get laid. They know reset. It's what we're going there for, to pick not up accurate. older That's just educational not... ladies. Is it in Draper? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, somebody needs to do a wellness check on Teddy yeah, Wayman. Where, where's where my is boy? Teddy Wayman? Where's my boy? You know. Uh, Monty Rant, is Jake dating Amy Fowler? <laughs> Don't let her drive if going on a road trip, Jake. Is that the... Yeah, that's... Okay, the, let's see. Google's Amy you, Fowler. You're not going to like this answer. Um, uh, no, no. Nope. click the news nope, tab. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, no. right. Okay, yeah. City councilwoman right. who got a DUI. Right, yeah. We'll talk about that coming up. Oh, AMAC. I wish it would cover up Jake's face. Him always looking off to the right is distracting. What? I'm looking at the comments, bro. No, you're not. You're looking at the TV, you jerk. Okay, the TV, the com what, dude? TV comments. It's my freaking show, okay? It's my show. <laughs> I can look at the TV. Damn. Oh, Jake said doo-doo, Big Jack yeah, 512. Did. Right? It's not about what you try to do. It's only about what you do do. What you do do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Weed field division, that sounds like a good political correct correction for truck stop division. I like it. Exactly. Uh, Damian Garbero, do you really see the rest of the Pac-12 teams joining the Mountain West if the four-corner schools leave? Oh, what are you talking about, man? I think that... I would have told you a month ago, Oregon State and Washington State to the Mountain West. Yeah. I don't see. I think Oregon State is of value. I've I've just heard it too many times now, but I could absolutely see Washington State going to the Mountain West. I I could I could see that no problem. Yeah, absolutely no problem. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at the Advocates. Hey, we have had we have had a lot already of accidents with motorcycles involved. And you guys, A, if you're on a motorcycle, a bicycle, a scooter, please put on a helmet. Please be careful. The, the advocates remind you that if you are out enjoying our great landscape here in the state of Utah or wherever you're listening to the show, please be careful. Uh, if you're on a motorcycle and somebody hits you, man, that's not your fault. If somebody pulls out in front of you. If somebody bumps you from behind, that's not your fault. You have to remember that. You're entitled to be made whole. You need somebody that while you're recovering, while you're fixing your bike, while you're getting back on your feet, somebody that will defend you, who will fight for you, who will be your advocate. That's why we tell you, if you've been in an accident, if you get hurt at work, if you get hit by a car, if you're in a car accident, get to theadvocates.com, utahadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney for free online. You have nothing to lose. It costs you absolutely nothing to find out what position you're in. Nothing to find out what should I be doing? Because so many times when people get in accidents, they're like, oh, I have an insurance company for that. That insurance company has thousands of lawyers representing them. <coughs> their job is not to take care of you. It's to take care of their shareholders. Their only concern is making sure they pay you as little as possible. It makes a huge difference in your life, in your livelihood, in your recovery for you and your family to get every penny you deserve 
That's why you go to The Advocates, the theadvocates.com or utahadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Mike Chase, I'm coming to the Maverick Center to watch Impractical Jokers. Oh, are you really? Oh, okay. Nice. Big show tonight. Yep, they are here tonight. Nate Davis, can we talk about the Utah Jazz now? Nate, we can. Monty Rant says, will the Jazz make any big moves this offseason? Okay, why do, you, why do you beat around the bush, dude? Just ask if they're going to sign Luka. That's what everyone wants to talk about. Utah Jazz Basketball on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Bucked Up, buckedup.com. Make sure you check the description below and get uh, the Buckshot free samples. Six free samples of Buckshot. I have had them for over a week now. I will never not have them again. Buckshot has been such a good tool for me. Yes. Because it gives me energy all day long, and that's what it is. It's a tool. And if you're somebody that's looking to get off of your coffee regime or – Whatever you're doing to find that after-lunch energy, Buckshot's perfect. If you want all-day, long-lasting energy, Buckshot from Bucked Up, absolutely the right way to go. Don't take my word for it. Get the samples in the description below. Um, a couple issues on the Utah Jazz. So I want to break. I want to get to this Jordan Clarkson story real Buckle quick. Buckle up for this, please. So there is apparently some hard feelings, according to sources at the Jazz, and I got a no comment from Clutch Sports, who represents Jordan. Uh, but there apparently is some hard feelings from Jordan Clarkson to the Jazz about him not being traded at the deadline. Mm -hmm. He wanted to go to a contender and believe that the Jazz had legit offers for him, but changed course and decided not to move him. Right. And he was... Apparently, and distraught is a strong word. He was upset about the Beasley-Vando-Lakers deal. He wanted to be, I think he wanted to be part of that deal. And I think Jordan Clarkson is frustrated with the Jazz that they did not move him to a contender at the deadline. And I think there are real questions about their motives for doing that. I, I mainly believe that Ryan Smith did not want to trade Jordan Clarkson, so the Jazz did not. Because I've heard repeatedly um, that the Jazz had multiple offers on the table. And I guess the question now, Jake, is was it a mistake to hold on to him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think even before we got this information, uh, I, my, my stance was, yeah, it's been a mistake to hold on to Jordan Clarkson because he knew he was going to hit the open market and he was going to get more money than you were probably going to be comfortable paying him. I mean, that's just basic NBA economics. But now it's gone a step further. And this is kind of what... We had, you know, previously we had speculated about this just a touch, like kind of figuring out, okay, well, you know, let's say that Jordan did want to go, like what would happen? But now we know, yeah, Jordan did in fact want to go to a contender. And I don't blame him for that. The guy is nearing the end of his prime in his career. And, and I think this is a really interesting point with the Jordan Clarkson situation, which is NBA players... Now their prime is being extended in a lot of cases. So it used to be, oh, he's 30? Ah, well, prime's over. We're done with that. But now I think the most extreme case being LeBron James has extended that window for a lot of guys like Jordan Clarkson. So now it is possible that your prime can go 33, 34, hell, even 35 years old in some guy's case. And so for Jordan, I maintain that the guy is still in 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 his prime but at the end of that window and he know him knowing that that's why he wants to go and try and win a championship that's why he wants to get into a place where this year or next year like right now 
he can go and try and contribute to a team to help them win a championship. So I have to say, I would be upset too if I was Jordan Clarkson. You know, if I had made that clear and yet it wasn't done and then you did a big deal that did include a team like the Lakers, yeah, I'd be upset about that. So yeah, unequivocally, it was a mistake not to move the guy. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. And, and I understand why Ryan Smith did that. Jordan Clarkson being in another uniform for the All-Star game would have been tough. Um, but this is a business. And I think you have some really big decisions coming up. Whether that is the TV deal, whether that is moving into this summer, because, again, NBA sources I talk to on a regular basis tell me the Jazz are essentially a fully pulled slingshot just waiting to rebound. That They have their assets. They are ready to deploy them. I think they have a pretty good idea of where they're going to end up in the NBA draft. I think they know they are going to get a pretty damn good player. Um, it, they're going to, I mean, I would assume they're going to be in the top 10. They're going to get a really good player. I think when you look at where the Utah Jazz, they are uniquely positioned to move forward and thrive. I, I can't see a way now, and again, it's April 5th, Cinco de Mayo, bro. May 5th. Uh, May 5th. God. Anyway, my point was, I can't see a way now at this point that Jordan Clarkson comes back to the Jazz. Yeah. I think hearing the frustration, it's what we worried about. Jordan did not look engaged for the season. Jordan did not look like a guy that was excited to be on the bench. He missed a large swath at the end of the season. He looked like a guy that was checked out and ready to move on. Yeah. And his statement at the end of the year that, hey, this is a, a business and we're ready for a new situation. And that's really hard to hear Jordan talking about that. It would be nothing for me and my team to pack up and go to a new, a new situation. Yeah. That was the quote that went around. Remember that because I think it's important. It would be nothing for us, right? Like basically saying like, yeah, we would do that tomorrow. The guy just wants to win. And I think I think teams need to be more aware of this stuff, man. When guys are at the end of that window where they can provide, where they have that leverage as a player, right? Because once you lose that leverage as yes. a player where, hey, I can contribute and I can lean on that and I can negotiate my contract money, when you lose that leverage, you're just along for the... Look at Kevin Love. Kevin Love is just along for the ride in his career now. But what was he with Braun and the Cavs, an integral part of their championship teams? Yeah. Now he's just along for the ride, and Jordan Clarkson knows he's at that tipping point, and that's why he's frustrated, man. Yeah, and then there's this situation with Luka Doncic. My name is Luka. Should the Utah Jazz pursue Luka Doncic? Now, again, I will tell you, I've not spoken to my Jazz sources this week, but I have heard unequivocally that that's not their path. That is not what they are looking to do. And... I understand a lot of Dallas Maverick fans watch the show. We Dallas, I think, is one of our top five markets. Luka Doncic is a problem. He's not a solution. And I think his toxic relationship with his teammates, I think his inability <coughs> to take feedback, I think there were questions about what shape he was in over the summer. No doubt. I think that's HIPAA. And he comes in and just has a massive season. But the word that you hear about Luka Doncic on a regular basis is that he's high maintenance. He's a problem. He's frustrating. Because he's uncontrollable. He's going to do what he wants to do. 
he is a guy that has run off multiple teammates, whether that was Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Stapps Porzingis, certainly. You, you look at the frustration in Tim Hardaway Jr. Like he's just had these, these teammates that have repeatedly had issues and frustrations with him. And he has not performed in some very big moments. This issue with the referees is a huge problem. This issue with technical fouls is becoming a larger problem. Is he a great scorer? Yes. Is he a player on talent alone that you want on your team? He is. The problem is he's a cancer in your locker room because he isn't a unifier. He's a superstar that doesn't bring people together. He isolates himself, and so he isolates his teammates because he doesn't pass the ball, and he's not a rotation player, right? So he's not going to – when he's double teamed, he's not going to rotate the ball. He's going to try and get fouled. And on seven out of 10 plays, they're not going to blow the whistle. So what happens? He throws himself on the floor, bitches at the official while the other team is running layup drills. And it happened too much after the trade deadline. Him and Kyrie never really clicked. There was that possession at the end of a game where they couldn't get a shot up because they couldn't decide (coughs) who should take the shot. Like, this is a problem now. And I think you're looking at a guy in Luka Doncic Ran off a pretty good coach in Rick Carlisle. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at a guy now who does not listen to what Jason Kidd is telling him. I think, I think it's going to be very difficult to marry Luka Doncic up to a, another star. And this is a league of duos now. And if we're learning anything out of that Philly series, it is that James Harden and, and it's hard to even say it, but that Joel Embiid are a duo. Because Joel is so dominant on his own. But if I look at Anthony Davis, like this is an Anthony Davis conversation. The Lakers, I did a short on the channel today. The Lakers have an Anthony Davis problem because it's no longer available in Lakerland to blame Rob Polinka, the general manager, for all the Lakers' problems. He did his job. And now Anthony Davis isn't doing his job. After the street clothes, Davis. You have an injured, aging LeBron James who's clearly not the same guy off of this foot injury. And Anthony Davis, who's supposedly healthy right now, or healthy enough to put up 30, 40 points a game, putting up another 11-point performance last night Mm -hmm. in a humiliating blowout loss. That, by the way, I think is a very little or no consequence. But when you talk about bringing Luka Doncic to Salt Lake City, I would tell you that would be a massive mistake. Yeah, no no question about it. It's a mistake. And I think the Jazz have done so well building building a culture that's free of that guy that this next phase is where how many championships you're going to win is defined. Because if if you sign Luka, you will win zero championships. I agree. If you draft VW, you will win zero championships. If you, if you do not build a team with proper leadership structure, you will not win championships. You know, it's funny you bring that up about VW. I was talking to a guy a couple of days ago who was saying that teams around the NBA are starting to view – because now teams are really digging into what Victor Wambanyama is. And teams are starting to view Victor Wambanyama as the large project that he is. Because when you really look at his tape and you pay attention to the details yes. of what he is as a player, Victor Wambanyama is a wonderfully talented offensive player who physically is incapable of competing <coughs> in the NBA. Like if you drop him in, in the NBA today, he will be a spot-up three-point shooter Yeah, because he's so long and he's never been tested against talent at this level. 
This is a guy that's probably three years away from being a, a, a focal point of any NBA team. So if you are a team like, I don't know, pick your poison, the Oklahoma City Thunder, how do you bring in, how do you bring in a Victor Wambanyama? If you're the Utah Jazz and you have a guy in Laurie Markkinen who's probably got a two to three year window max to win a championship. And that's your foundational offensive player. And then you surround him with an Ochai Agbaji and you surround him with a Walker Kessler. Ask yourself, how does Victor Wamanyama fit into that rotation? And he probably doesn't. And here's the other thing that I think is so fascinating. Is Victor Wambanyama a modern-day NBA body? Mm. Yeah, no. He's nope. not. Nope. He's not. And you're looking at a, at a guy who, if you draft Victor Wambanyama, and he will be the number one pick. And if you're Detroit, let's say, and you draft Victor Wambanyama, you're going to have to put a ton of muscle on him. Do you even lift? I, I would guess you would allow him to play summer league, but not recreational summer league, right? You're not going to allow him to go into these summer runs. And how long does it take him to get used to playing in the NBA? Because right now he's at a point in his life where nobody has ever said no to him. He told a coach in his professional league that he's in now. He told his coach, I am not playing center. They said, we want you to be a five. He said, I am not playing center. And he openly admits that. Mm -hmm. How's that going to fly in Detroit or Houston or Orlando? Yeah, well, I think the problem is is that he has this mindset of not wanting to play center. And, and at, the same time, his, at the same time, his body supports that right now because he couldn't physically play center. But the problem is, is that the guy's handle, everyone, everyone always says, hey, he's got this elite handle for his size. And I don't even disagree that he's got, for yeah. his size, a really good handle. There's no question about that. But in the NBA specifically, how does, what does his game look like? Well, to me, his game is you're, you're going to be a pick and pop big. And ideally, you would shoot a lot of threes. I, I, I just think that's his game. And, and the other thing is, when you draft this cat, you cannot overplay him the first half of the season. You have got to throttle those minutes and manage his body. Because if you overrun him, if dude is playing 35 a night, he will not last 30 games in this league. I'm telling you. Guys at the 4-5 take, take much longer to develop in this league. And I think you, you're probably, he's probably a 3-4 in this league. And so the question I ask is, how does he hold up? Give me, I mean, name a, a, a three in this league. Can he guard a Laurie Marketing? Can he guard a, can he guard any, uh, any of the, can he guard Apollo Bancaro? Can he guard a Kevin Durant? Right? Can he guard a LeBron James? I mean, think about these names. Like, like. I don't I know hope, how. I, I hope people understand it. And again, I, 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 I'm not even trying to hate on. VW, but I just want you guys to, to consider the names like Paolo Bancaro. I know he's, you know, one year into the league, right? Rookie of the year. Everything's amazing. You're talking about a guy. Isn't Paolo Bancaro like 6'8", 240-ish, 230? That's like, a tough road to hoe, dude. Like, good luck, dude. Like, do you really think that, that, that Paolo Bancaro's never put a shoulder into the chest of a guy who's seven feet tall? That's what he gets paid to do for a living. Yeah, it is. I mean... I mean, I just think it's incredible that that we think that that guy's like Embiid, that guy's like LeBron for how many ever years he's got left. Like, 
These guys that are elite trained basketball players are not just going to run through this kid because he is not ready physically. I agree. Three years from now, if he has the Giannis level transformation, Dude. which we've never seen before, never. right? Until Giannis, we had never seen somebody have that level of, hey, come into the league as a stick, and now you're a grown-ass man with a championship on the team that drafted you. Never seen it before. It's possible, just never seen it before. If he does that, I will change my tune on VW in the in the ceiling of his career. But I do not view this guy as a championship player, the guy that's going to take you there. Like, I don't view him as that. I What I do you view- say to Victor Wambanyama if you are the Detroit Pistons and you are playing the Milwaukee Bucks? Good luck. You're playing when 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 Lopez is in. I don't know what you say to Victor Wambanyama when you're playing the New York Knicks. Mitchell Robinson, dude. Or Julius Randle. Julius Randle. But put him at a compare him to the three fours. The threes and the fours in the NBA in the next two years. What do you say about Julius Randle? What do you say if you if you go up and down the list? What do you say about a Pascal Siakam, a Lori Markinen? Um, I mean, you, you, you just, how does he guard? How does he guard any of those names? How, I don't, I don't know how you, how you, how do you guard a Mikhail Bridges? Is that a real question? Right? Like, and, and, and that doesn't even account for the three, the, the four five pick and roll. Yeah. How does he guard a Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler in pick and roll? You're fucked. Like, yeah. in yeah. all serious, you're seven, four. 35 pounds. How are you guarding? Final. Okay, well, we'll double. Back is okay, broken. Come double, but where is he going to rotate to? By that, the way. That's the issue. The other thing I think no one's talked about with this kid in the games he's played overseas. Do you understand how elite NBA guys are getting the whistle? Oh, my God. Do you understand that? So when your arms are that long, do you really think an NBA player is not going to get you to reach and get you in foul trouble? Like, I don't think people think about this stuff. Like you, like you bring up Mikhail Bridges, dude. Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, Austin Reeves, like these guys that learned how to how to play the way James Harden plays and get fouls. Dude, he's in deep trouble, bro. I'm telling you, man. It's not going to be some cakewalk for this kid. Now, there's also going to be matchups on the other end that guys are going to have to deal with. Yeah, there's no question about that. But I think when you look at Paolo Bancaro is probably the best. Uh, you know, thing like he's a, mm-hmm. he's a three, four guy that's six ten two fifty. Yeah. six ten two fifty, And he's athletic. cell. yeah, come yeah, on. I don't know. Uh, Travis bird, the noted Victor Wambanyama Homer on this show. Yeah. Victor would put them in, uh, the penitentiary, lock them down and make them cry like babies. Okay. At least we're objective. Brandon Butler, he's Rudy with an offensive game. He will be great against mid players and will get abused by great players around the rim. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Are you serious? Why are you cooking this kid? Um, give him time to develop for fuck's sake, James Knight says. Where, where are you at? Like, truly, honestly, where are you at with Victor Wambanyama? Yeah, I mean, it's it's what I've been saying. I mean, I think the guy the guy just physically can't play in the league. I, I mean, you, James, like, look, you can say that we're cooking the guy, but what what is there in the nba game what is there to say that this guy's game is going to translate okay let's be objective about it his jumper definitely translates to the nba 
No doubt about it. The guy can shoot it at his size for a five, a four, whatever. He can shoot it with the best of them. I don't have any doubt that this guy, if he wanted to, could be a tremendous pick-and-pop big that stretches the floor for a team. Now, my hesitation with that style of play, though, is getting up and down, right? So if if you're playing with OKC, let's say, or you're playing with the Rockets or any any number of teams that like to get up and down, this is a big. You really want him running at that pace for every game. I don't want that. I need a team that plays, you know, not the fastest and not the slowest, just an average, nice, easy pace for NBA basketball. But the problem is, is that Victor Wambanyama is just not ready physically. That's why I think he's not he's not going to be some prolific NBA player. Yeah, sure, let him develop. But James, let me ask you this. The conversation really isn't around hey, let this kid develop, right? If you think about like what everyone's saying about him and like, you know, all the excitement and all the hype and like just the hype train around this kid is all about, hey, he's going to get drafted and he's going to be the savior of an organization, right? You've got folks like Travis Bird out here talking about how this guy is just going to be the Jesus Christ of basketball and the best thing that's ever been seen in the NBA. Now, Obviously, James, and obviously everyone else, you all know that that's not going to be the case with this cat. And I don't think that'd be the case with any player coming out of the league. But I just get a little bit, little bit tired of of all the hype about Victor Wambanyama when you haven't seen him play a game against anybody who is remotely as talented as an, as an NBA player. Nobody he's played could start in the NBA. Do you realize that? The guys he's playing right now would not be in a starting five. Would they be bench players? Sure. Absolutely. But they would not be in the starting five of an NBA roster. They just would not be. They're not skilled enough. Their bodies are not ready enough. So that's why I say when we talk about this kid, yeah, sure, let him develop. But as a number one pick in the league, this isn't the NFL. Right? This isn't Anthony Richardson sitting behind Buddy for three years, or this isn't, you know, Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers behind and, Brett Favre. And not dude. on the Utah Jazz. Like, get the hell out of here with hey, he <laughs> he can develop and you can take years, dude. He's a number one overall pick. Now you want to talk about this kid in a hypothetical world at number ten overall? Hell, even number five overall. Yeah. Three year window, great not number one overall. And I maintain, and I had this stance when it was Zion and Ja. I maintain, and, and, and Ja's career's gone sideways now. He's a villain. He's done some dumbass things off the floor. <laughs> yeah. But but when we were, when, when he was coming out of Murray State, I believe it was, and he was number two in the draft, I said that kid should be number one in the draft and Zion's going to be an injury problem. Zion's an injury problem and so will this kid be. Yep. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Salty drunk. I don't recall any rookies taking over the league in their first couple of seasons. LeBron James. Oh. LeBron well, James. Let's go dude. back. Let's go back. Paolo Boncaro dominated the league. Absolutely dominated this past year. No doubt about that. He was the number one pick in the 2022 draft. 2021 was Cade Cunningham. Did not dominate. Got hurt. Um, was out. Did he play at all this year? Yeah, I think he played 12 games. Something like that. Uh, Anthony Edwards has dominated. Absolutely. He was 2020. So I mean, it. I think it happens more than you more than you recognize. But but again, I I I think it's deflecting to be like, hey, rookies don't dominate regularly. We're not talking about no. your average rookie. We're not. We're talking about 
generational, best you've ever seen guys. But And it's the billing that's the problem here. He's yes. being billed as a guy that is the greatest player ever. Like he's the freak of his size. Like you, you can't, you either, you either want the hype or you don't. Yeah. You, you don't either, get it both ways. And, and I think there are a lot of number one picks that are busts. I mean, I, I don't know. Is Zion Williamson a guy that's a bust? He probably is. Yeah. But when he plays, he dominates. So it, 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 it can be done, but it, is he at all a, what does this kid say to Jaron Jackson Jr.? This is my point. Everybody in, you know, and I'll say, I take, obviously I take Travis Bird with a grain of salt, but there are so many people saying that Victor Wambanyama is going to be the greatest player we've ever seen. Well, how does he handle Jaron Jackson Jr. then? If he's the greatest player we've ever seen, how do you handle one of the preeminent four or five combo guys in the NBA? And my other question is, if, if, if we look at the front offices in the league, right, who are paid professionals, paid to not listen to hype, paid to evaluate players, hey, take the hype out, look at this kid. Okay, let's start with his body, then let's see how his body translates to his game and how those two translate to the league. You're telling me paid professionals are sitting here saying this guy's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. And yet Giannis was not billed as one of the greatest players of all time, even though I believe he is trending that direction. Especially when you consider the fact that Boonholzer was just fired and Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo is going to leave that organization. You're telling me he doesn't have an opportunity to get to to get to all-time great level. Come on I think now, he does. dude. I think he does. So anyway, my point is, you put Paolo Boncaro in, the, in Salty or anybody else in the discussion you guys want to put him in, you know, if you look at the, like, who's one of the better power forward shooting guards? Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year two years ago. Scotty Barnes or Victor Wambanyama? I'm taking Scotty Barnes right now. I'm not going to take Victor Wambanyama. Like, I, I, you, you can go up and down the list of, sure, am I going to take Jonathan Kaminga over Victor Wambanyama? No, of course not. Of course not. Chet Holmgren? No, he got hurt. Yep. But Chet's an interesting example because he's 7-1 and Victor's 7-4. Isn't Victor just an extreme version of Chet? I think he is. Right? Chet can shoot. Chet's got handle. Chet had a wonderful career at Gonzaga. Like, yeah. You know. I just think it is. It is what it is. Uh, LeBron averaged 25 and 6 his rookie year. That, he, I was at LeBron's rookie debut in Sacramento. He is... He is in my opinion, one of the greatest rookies to ever debut in the NBA. I look at, obviously, if you're an all-timer, if you're Magic Johnson, the guy dominated out of the gate. Michael Jordan, dominated out of the gate. Larry Bird, dominated out of the gate. Uh, Dr. J, like all the greats, go back through recent history. They all dominated out of the gate. Like, I, I, there, are, there are some that are slower, but... Yeah, look at Mike M's comment there at the bottom about Kobe. Because I agree with this one. Hey, Kobe took three, four years to develop. Yeah, but I also, by the way, I covered Kobe in his younger days. Kobe, Kobe was different because Kobe didn't care. Kobe missed. Kobe shot several air balls against, I believe it was Charlotte in the playoffs. Changed his life. Um, but make no mistake about it. Kobe Bryant was a really good player early in his career. A really good player. So it's not as though Kobe was some scrub. Yeah. You know, but if you look at the if you look at the best players of this generation, and, and I would compare him even to Luca, because Luca played in Europe. 
right? Luka was a professional basketball player in his early teens. So is Victor Wambanyama. Luka came out and dominated. But why did Luka come out and dominate? Because he's a 2-3. He's, he's, he's not a 4-5. And he's got a body that can take abuse. And he's a fat ass. But, but even... Being but, very polite. But, like, I agree he, he is fat for, by NBA standards. But even still, like, you know you can safely say, hey, outside of tearing an ACL or major ligament injuries that are unforeseen that you're just not going to be able to project. They just happen. Luca's body should hold up pretty well. It and should. especially when you look at the fact that he's not a high flying transition guy. He is a half court work one-on-one -on -one guy. Those guys are durable as hell. And I just think like VW is, is being heralded as one of the best players of all time waiting to happen. That is the narrative on Victor Wamanyama. So it does beg the question, well, hey, if he gets you one championship in five years, was it worth it? And, and I'm saying no. I'm saying at number one overall, you got to have a guy that can help you get three in six years. You got to have a guy that you, can, that you can put in that starting five and they will help you go where you need to go. That's right. I agree 100%. Let's see. Who else? Um, Durant was 20. You guys got to get off of stats. I understand why everybody goes to stats, but it is... And Kevin Durant is not at all, in my opinion, comparable to Victor Wambanyama. Um, Kevin Durant was is far more mature. Kevin Durant went to college. Kevin Durant, like... Way more athletic. Just a completely different dude. Yeah. Um, and I think Kobe's this guy. Because Kobe didn't go to college. Kobe went to high school. Kobe, you know, Kobe was a... Kobe was a guy that didn't that didn't start game. He was a, he was an absolute murderer from the first time I ever saw him, Kobe Bryant. But yo I don't know how many people even know Kobe like came off the bench. I think he he into his I think his third year or his fourth year he started. But it's not like Kobe rolled out and was a starter right away, but he was on the Lakers. He was on the LA Lakers. It's a very different deal than the Detroit Pistons, right? Like it, it's you have to understand the situations and the guys around them mm -hmm. and why you're starting or why you're not or why you're Kobe, Kobe dominated. Like I remember shoot arounds and games and watching him play one-on-one -on -one and like his third or fourth year where he was just murdering people, dude. Yeah. Like it, it's just different. Uh, Mike M says Kobe was young and raw with a difficult transition from high school. And he had to learn how to play basketball is the other thing you got to remember. Kobe didn't come into the league as a polished product. He came into the league at raw is the exact right word. Kobe was a, a kid. Yeah. Kobe was not mature. Kobe was, Kobe was a kid. Now he was a little different because he traveled the world. He spoke multiple languages. His dad was a professional, but Kobe was learning to play professional basketball when he got to the Lakers. Yeah. And remember, he was also traded on draft night. So there's something in that too. Willie, uh, Willie Wilson. Luke is a great player, but hi, not a great team player. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um, and he can't, he can't shoot free throws. Well, that's a great point. It drives me crazy. Exactly right. Exactly right. It is not... Um, his game's not the issue. 
His off-the-floor problems are the issues. Uh, VW did lie about their diesel carbon footprint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Salty drunk. I can't help but think you guys are basing your opinion on all the hype rather than the eye test. Dude, his, there's what eye test. There's, you, I mean, there is a volume of Victor Wambanyama video. I've watched his game. Dude, they were live on NBA TV, like, man. They, it's you not... can go on YouTube. You can go on the internet and find... Hours and hours and hours and hours of Victor Wambanyama tape. Yeah. We've seen it all. Yeah. We've seen it all. See, it's man. not. The issue is, like with the hype, he'll never live up to the hype. He won't. He'll never live up to the hype. I, I, he ju it, it's almost impossible. That would be akin to um, like Canyons Golf living up to the hype of being the most beautiful golf course in Utah. They actually live up to the oh, hype. Oh, wait. That's right. They do. Canyons Golf, the official golf club of the Monty Show. Uh, our guy Darren Ingram, the teaching professional there, like he is the dude at Canyons Golf. And listen, if you are looking for a way to market your business, Canyons Golf has everything you need. Their GPS system in their golf carts um, is absolutely customizable, and it reaches a higher tier of clientele. Because when you look at Canyons Golf, you're at the beautiful, beautiful Park City Mountain Resort, Canyons Village, you get a different set of customer up there, right? So if you're looking to market and you want to be seen, call Darren Ingram at Canyons Golf. Let him know, hey, Monty said that you can hook me up with GPS marketing. He'll absolutely take care of you. But by the way, go play around because I cannot wait for Canyons Golf to be open to the public this year so we can all go up there and play. It is the most beautiful course in Utah. The views, the different level changes, the mountains, the greens, the fairways, the grounds are immaculate. Canyons Golf, the official golf club of the Monty Show. A couple more on Victor Wambanyama. McKinley Cutler says the eye test is hard because he's playing against what is essentially third-tier college teams. Yeah. Don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, Mike Rochburns. So see what he did so there. Mike Rochburns. Right. Like right. Mike Rochburns. Right. I need a dick. You know, Hugh Janus says, hey, boys, dick and me. how are you? Holden Middick. <laughs> McKinley Cutler, if you look, VW already has an injury history. He got uh, injured four times this year. He tried to play on the best team in France. Yeah, he's young. We'll see what happens. Uh, who are the top five markets that follow the Monty show and in order? Jeez. I, I would have to go. Like it, I, I don't know the order. Like, like, A, why do you care? B, like, I don't know the order off the top of my head. I probably should. You know, it's only my business, but I probably should. It's fine. Uh, Travis Bird, Lucas always bins for me. Okay. You know. Uh, C. Coppin just got done eating a steak potato and beans for dinner. Oh, my God. That sounds a so good. A steak potato. I just got done eating steak potato and beans for dinner. The musical fruit. Beans are the musical fruit. Salty drunk. The poor kid hasn't even stepped on the floor for an NBA game, and he's already been cooked by the Montes. When's the last? Okay. When's the were we wrong about Rudy, dude? Were we were we like way off on Donnie? Like were we like? I'm just telling you, man. Like Joe Ingles. Like you you want to cut the kid a break. And I'm not cutting anybody a break who's the number one overall pick. Nope. I'm not doing it, bro. Anthony Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think he's going to be better than Anthony Bennett, which isn't saying much. But but I'm just telling you, when the guy 
Dude, when the guy plays 20 games and then tears his ACL and he's out for the year and then he struggles to get back and then he tears his, his Achilles because he was trying to rehab oh, his ACL my. and then he can't and he can't play and you wasted five years of, of your team's success, then we'll see who's cooking who's cooking who. Yeah. And James, this is one of those ones that'll live forever. Like we'll all be able to debate this. Yeah, and dude, in listen, perpetuity. listen, at the end of next at the end of next season, right? He's gonna get drafted and then this coming season at the end of it. If he's had some amazing season and he was the reason his team got to, let's say, the second round, even if they get eliminated, right? Even if they don't go to the finals, you're right. He got to the playoffs. But I'm telling you, this cat is not going to survive physically. I just I just can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I'm worried about it. I'm really yeah. – because the physical freaks in the NBA usually don't. If you're super big or super small, you usually don't make it. And that – like Zion's a good example of that. Yeah. I worry about that. Yeah. Uh, Lucas – no Skywalker, but he will do. Okay. All right. Um, should we go to best movie ever? Yeah. Yeah. Best movie ever. Yeah. Gladiator is 23 years old today. Incredible. Do you remember where you were the first time you saw it? Yeah, I was nude in bed with a hooker. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-three years ago, I was <laughs> living in Burbank, California. Yeah, I remember where I was. Uh, I worked at Fox Sports. Mm -hmm. Lived in Burbank. I don't remember the first time. I, th I think I saw it in the theater the first time. Gladiator. Right. Uh, yeah, I I believe I saw it in the theater the first time with Mrs. M. And it's an amazing. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. There, there's no doubt. I have, I have several. Top Gun's there, but Gladiator is just on a different level. I mean, when you think about Gladiator, I won't say it that way again, I promise. And Gladiator. Gladiator. Like, you know, like men, you know, men should know when they're conquered. Would you, Quintus? Would I? Would I? Like, there's so many good lines in that movie. Uh, it's just, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely. I will phenomenal. have my vengeance in, in this, this life, life for the next. next, right? Like, you know, time for celebrating you is almost over. Yes. Like I, I just love Win that. Win the crowd. So, in the comments section, what's your favorite movie of all time? I think Gladiators. There, Dark Knight is there. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. Gone with the Wind is there, even though I haven't seen it in decades. Um, enjoyable movies, The Fifth Element, Ronin, absolutely is there. This is a code ten abort. But I think Gladiator might be the best one ever. I think that might be my favorite movie ever. Yeah, I mean, The Dark Knight, for me, The Dark Knight's there. Um, obviously Gladiator, yeah. That's, that's well, Godfather. Like, uh, no. Inception's there for sure. Oh, Inception's good. Um, until recently, uh, Interstellar is on my list for sure. I think that movie is, um, it's just different, dude. Like, it just changes the way you look at things. Yep, I agree. Uh, Mrs. Monty's Burner said you better be joking about the hooker. I doubt that. Don't know what you mean. Travis Bird's Star Wars is the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mike Rochburn's Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Oh yeah. Dude, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. It just it has to be there. Dude, dude, Leonardo DiCaprio. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Yes. 
Tom, Gladiator is a Mount Rushmore guy movie. Yes, 100%, it is. dude. Brandon Butler, Lawrence of Arabia, or Godfather Brothers. Yeah, Godfather. Hasn't seen it. Refuses. That's your it. fault as a parent, dude. God, <coughs> dude, you're 30 years old. It's your fault as a parent. You're 30 years old. It's your fault as a Grow parent. Grow some balls. Well, I couldn't. We had to watch The Bachelorette. And, you know, fuck. If, if she wants to watch The Bachelorette... You know, look, look, I, I wanted I wanted a fish fry and, you know, well, you know, if if we were going to tag it and bag it, you know, like I had to watch The Bachelorette. I, I, I just don't know what you want me to do. If I'm going to tag it and bag it, bro. What? Is this the tagger? You know. Uh, Mike M. Love Gladiator. That intro battle is so it epic. It really is, dude. The wolf running through the woods, dude. If you find yourself in Elysium, do not be scared because you are already dead. Yes, yes, yes. So good. And then they carry the, the messenger's head out. Yes. The barbarians carry yes. the messenger's head out. Oh, Quintus. Some men should know when they're conquered. Mm, would you? Would I, Quintus? <laughs> no. Damien Goonies. Come on now. Bro, that's so uh, mid. SLC Punk. Okay. You guys are nuts. Anchorman is number one. Oh, please. It's a good movie, though. I mean, it's a good movie, oh, but it's not. Jorge says 300. Good movie. Not the best. See, I don't time. think that's on the greatest of all time list, but I do think that's on the list of movies that like are never going to be replicated. It just was so different, but awesome at the same time. See, Kaufman, stop. Miracle's good. It's not great. Okay, hey, his speech, dude. Buddy's speech before stop. before that game is stop. epic. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, better than Titanic. Yes, it is. Everything's better than Titanic, dude. Shawshank Respiratory. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, Damien yes. says. Good film. Yes. Love it. Love oh, it. So now it's a film. Uh, Tom says Gladiator, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Shawshank and Shark. Okay, Tom, no. Uh, the Airmen of Tuscany, never seen it. Uh, let's see, Dune. Dune was really Dune good. Dune was phenomenal. Dune was uh, Jam on My Jelly Roll says Porky's. Porky's was a good movie. The Sandlot. Oh, Saving Private Ryan. Boom, dude. Yeah. Tombstone. Can't say I've seen Quigley Down Under. Think Ben Hur is still up there? Hell no, bro. Uh, Willie Wilson, excuse me. I'm a gentleman. I never uh, partake in such endeavors. God save the king at Mrs. Monty. Exactly. How is Inception not on this list for you guys uh, in, right now? Inception's dude? very good. Uh, Mike Phillips, Fargo, Fight Club, yes. In the Loop, Unbreakable, Pulp Fiction, yes. Seven, no. What about Vanilla Heat? Sky, what about never. Heat? Oh, Heat's a guy movie, sure. But Heat's like Fifth Element. Yeah, that's true. That's, I love That's uh, true, yeah. I love Heat. Yeah. Extended edition of Lord of the Rings. Put a bullet in my face. No. Extended edition. Fucking asshole. I like Lord uh, of the Rings. Salty Drunk. Thanks for the brief NBA segment, guys. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Salty Drunk. Uh, Edward Wayner. That's probably his real name. Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. The OSU battle or the black and orange battle. Okay. I mean, those are both. Those are all great movies. Any given Sunday? Nah. Nah. The Toby Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Toby Maguire was good. Cocaine Bear. Uh, the new one was called The Red Tails. Okay. 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 John Wick. Hey. Yes. Lethal Weapon. Loved it. 
Hacksaw Ridge? Hell no. Inception is mid. No, no, Tom, it's not, dude, bro. No, it's not. No, it's not. First no, question you need no. to, you guys need to ask yourself is: Is this a Hans Zimmer movie or is it not? And furthermore, is it a Christopher Nolan movie or is it not? Yeah, I. I mm, come on now, uh, Truck Stop Gumby. Debbie does Dallas. I don't. I didn't put my ID in. I can't see it. Damn. Anymore. I can't see. <laughs> I cannot. I, we've done a lot of topics on the show. I don't know that I've ever gotten more feedback than that topic right there. What? Which one? The porn hub. The, the porn one. The By interview the way, or just the topic? The itself? interview and the topic itself. Well, I mean, what were people pissed or hey, what's the deal? Hey, fan ass. Hey, stick, man. Stick to stick to sports. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen The Diplomat on Netflix? I watched all eight episodes the last two days. And it's freaking phenomenal. It is really good. Carrie Russell in The Diplomat. Bomb. If you have not seen it, there is some um, adult um, skin smashing. Did you have to put your ID in? I did not. <laughs> uh, and it's phenomenal. It is at The Diplomat. I agree. Is it's a good phenomenal. one. It's definitely, it has West Wing vibes to it for sure. The Diplomat is really good yeah. on Netflix. They are bringing it back for season two. The cliffhanger ending in The Diplomat. You know what? I I hadn't watched a Netflix product in a while. And I'm over at your Casa de Monte. The Crib. The Crib. And we're watching this show a little bit. And I probably saw an episode and a half or so. Netflix's camera work is just like buttery, dude. I, I mean, as someone who creates videos... Watching them do their work is just so enjoyable. It is next level. Have you ever have you seen any Better Call Saul? No. Oh, dude, you got to watch that show. You watched it? I've watched a ton of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, but The Diplomat might be my favorite new show of late. I feel like The Diplomat is is finally Netflix's uh, resurgence into shows like House of Cards or like these shows that are really dynamic and deep like i know they do a lot of good stuff but some of the shows they do are just like next level must watch stuff and i feel like this one and again you need to do season two as well once uh, has it been released it's only no. season one right yeah it just finished season one yeah. season two has not been gone into production so if season two assuming it gets another season and everything and it all goes good if it gets another season i feel like that show's got that opportunity okay i don't mind that um, the Blues Brothers, yes. Yeah, classic. Yes. I, yes. Tom Big Lebowski, yes. Pulp Fiction, yes. Dude, 100%, bro. <laughs> Coach Carter, yes. This is a tasty burger. Yes. Uh, real quick, I see everybody asking for money makes you money. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I am old and sometimes I forget myself. Monty makes you money. Pimpin'. Uh, Philadelphia, that's a lie. Philadelphia versus Baston, the Celtics in, in Philadelphia, minus two and a half, 215 right now on ESPN. Jacob Tyler Butthole. Got to take Philly in this game, bro. Got to take Philly. I don't trust Baston at all. Now, do I think Baston's going to win? I do. Do I trust Philadelphia? Yes, way more than Boston. Here's why I think Philly wins the game. Tell, oh, do tell. Joel got the MVP award before the game and was crying with his kid in his hand. And I think anytime you go through one of those experiences, it gets you going. And I think there's a point to prove 
with with Philly. I think this game three is one of the like there was at seventy nine percent of the time game three winner wins the series. Okay, great, neat. This game is about proving a point after what Boston did in game two. And I think that if you're Philly, it's time to come out and show if you're that team or not. The thing you worry about is Joel used his emotional beef in the ceremony. But if you're betting this game, you got to take the Sixers. Yeah. It's the only way to bet this game. Two and a half points, it's a straight up pick them for you. Take the Sixers. 215, it's going over. Yes. I don't trust Boston as far as I can can throw them. And Philly wins the opening tip. And that means at 46.2793% of the time, the referee blew his whistle. <laughs> right. I love that. This is Scott Foster game too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's it is. Scott yeah, it is. And by the way, why did you put the Knicks at one o'clock mountain tomorrow? <laughs> Jerks. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns. It's in the Valley of the Sun. Rally the Valley. Rally uh, the Valley. Phoenix is minus four and a half, 225. I think you take the Suns all day because if they lose this game, the series is over. Kevin Durant has been a massive disappointment. I think this is a show-out night. There is a prop. 28 and a half points over under on Kevin Durant. And 90, what would you say, 98%? I believe it was 99% or 98% of people have bet the over on Kevin Durant, 28 and a half. And it is the most bet single-player prop for tonight. That's incredible. Well, because you expect him to show out. You expect him. Yeah, but he's been a huge disappointment. But, but uh, that's true. But that doesn't apply to guys like this in, in the sense that that doesn't mean that tonight uh, he's going to be Scott Foster already screwed the Sixers. Joel Embiid gets tackled. No call. Jason Tatum hits a three. It's an 8-2 run to start the game by Baston. Told you to bet Boston. Right. Now nah, I'm taking Philly. Um... I don't trust Kevin Durant. He's not the same player. He doesn't look like the same player. So James Harden goes down and gets fouled. He doesn't look like the same player, Kevin Durant. He does not look right. I am hoping that he comes back next year, and he is absolutely dat dude. Dudes, I don't know about that. I'm taking Phoenix because this is a definition game. Uh, think Booker and KD can bring it back from 0-2? I do. Sex absolutely. Ma Sex Machine is playing out of his mind. Yeah. And he's getting recognition for it, too, now. As he should. He's going to go to the Lakers. Uh, Tom says, we keep in track of y'all's record. That's your job, not ours. Here, occasionally. 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 Oh, my God, Brandon Butler, yes. Mind Hunter. Oh, my God. Bad, new bad News Bears go to Japan. Never seen it. Secret Window. Never seen it. The best Netflix show is glow you disagree i will stop stomp a mud hole in your walking dry okay i haven't seen it have you guys seen the reacher uh seen reacher on prime yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good uh salty drunk joel would be crying before halftime well he did cry you got that right he did cry and turn over sixers good lord they're bad right now it's not good it's not good. Mike M. KD still hasn't dropped off, but he seems a step or two slower, a bit like Clay Thompson. He's just not that guy anymore. Not anymore. Stop saying anymore. Right now. Right now. Well, I don't did, believe did the you guy guys is, talk about this? You're just so sure he's done. I'm not he's not I done. Didn't, no, I never said he was done. 
he's not a killer anymore. Mm. And until he shows me he is, like Jason Tatum, who's got three threes already, it's 14 to four, Boston. Tell me again that Kevin Durant is that same guy. I think he's that same guy. I think that he just hasn't found a stride yet. That's what I think. I think that he's in a new town, new team, and he's working on it. I, I mean, how many games is how many games have they even played together yet? Like, has it even been twenty games? Yeah, they played like four hundred and ninety-six together. I think it's been. I think it's probably far less than twenty games. But that doesn't excuse the fact that he can't shoot at times. That doesn't excuse the fact he can't get to his mid-range right now. Now, is it the ankle injury that he had? It could be. It absolutely could be. I don't know, though. I don't believe that Kevin Durant is still that guy. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I mean, and you know what, Mike M? I think Clay Thompson absolutely dominated. He is shooting the ball. He's back, Clay Thompson. But I don't know. In this game tonight, I think you have to bet the Suns. Um, Suns are four and a half. I think you got to take them, and, and it goes over. Because I think this is going to be an absolute heat. I agree. Completely. Unlike the Sixers pick, don't... I told you to bet Boston, right? I think I said Boston. I think so. I believe I said Boston. Yeah, there you go. All right. Monty loses you money, right? Monty oh and God. Jake show. James Harden for three! I told you to bet Philly. Didn't I tell you to bet Philly? I Do you view this season as a failure? Uh, it, today's money makes you money. I, you know, uh, I'm just saying, uh, Derek, uh, my says, have a great weekend. Everybody. What are we doing this weekend? We're playing golf. We're playing golf Galf. this weekend. Golf. Golf. We are playing uh, quite a bit of golf this weekend. Yeah. Uh, played 27 holes yesterday. Anticipate playing <laughs> I 369. Bro, I thought more. you said we played 27 yesterday. We did. We <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> 27 holes yesterday. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. it goes better than that. Money yeah. steals your money. Truck stop gonna be says. <laughs> yeah. Game wrong. Game wrong. Uh, the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com. Be careful this weekend. The Advocates remind you be safe. Live your best life. Be safe, my friends. Wear a helmet. Love every one of you. Thanks for being here. Before you leave, give us a thumbs up. Until Monday. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.